0: Welcome to the Televerse. Let's of the show. You can never fight the laws of attraction. That chemical reaction. that got us in this mess. Still I must confess. They're both a nice distraction. Now I clearly see it's up to me.
1: Welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalzik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick, and we got a little ahead of ourselves or a little away from ourselves maybe last week as we were recording our smorgasbord for 2016, talking about the best of 2016 and uh, all the different aspects of television and and our favorite shows that we wanted to make sure to celebrate before we ring in 2017 uh, so we decided that we needed to split this into two episodes. As much as y'all love the long episodes, we've heard from several listeners that they that they enjoy our, our more long-winded episodes. I don't think anybody wants a four and a half hour long single episode, uh, even for best of the year. So, so this week we are back, Noel. We are back with more TV categories with more TV that we love from this year. So, let's dive right in with our first of the categories today and we're going to start things off with characters um so this one there's so many so many came to mind initially nothing came to mind and then it was like i unlocked something and a whole flood of people came in who do you have for best new characters
2: um i see i didn't see the plural so i just went with one for each which is fine i'm okay Okay. with that um my I went with Yuri Katsuki from Yuri and Ice, which is not the last time we'll talk about Yuri and Ice. Um, Or at least I'll talk about it, because I'm still going to need to make you watch it at some point. Um, (laughs) Yuri's just really great. Um, He manages to... The whole show about his journey and finding what love is, including loving himself, is really well realized. And the character is as deeply emotional, but also... Like kind of silly that I he he very much feels like an anime character, but still feels more realized than a lot of other anime characters can sometimes feel, especially in like a very short thirteen episode sports anime where there's a lot of other characters to kind of serve. Uh, Yuri just comes out really really well, and I just I really adore that guy. Uh, what about you? Who was your best? Or who were your best since you had multiples?
1: Who was your, I had so many. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we've got Tulip okay. from Preacher. Sure. Ruth Negga. Uh, Darius from Atlanta. Okay. Keith St- uh, Stanfield's the actor. Uh, Johan, David Diggs on Blackish, mm-hmm. uh, Dustin from Stranger Things. Gaten Matarazzo. Uh, more on him later, uh, but he is the best. And also all of the Karen Grishams from <laughs> Lady Dynamite. So Anagasta, Arjun Dianna, Raphael, and Jenny Slate. Uh, yeah, I had, I had, I had a little too much fun with that category (laughs) once I got going. But I just thought they were all so distinct and really memorable, um, and, and just, like, I didn't really connect that much with Preacher, Mm -hmm. but I watched way more of that than I probably would have because of Tulip and also because of His Name Escapes Me the Vampire. Do we remember his name? Uh, he was super fun as well, but, but... Tulip stuck, her name stuck with me. So that's who I went with. Um and I mean, can I measure your tree? Come on. <laughs> that's like a line of the year. Not to mention the whole Johan and uh and Ruby thing, which is like my new favorite dynamic on that show and uh just the, the, with and for Karen Grisham, that really for me encapsulated the best new character from a writing and a in a creation standpoint as opposed to just performance. Um, which is just, again so such a key part of what that show is and what they do in that first season. So that's who came to mind for me for that. Uh, for villains, I have two bests and you have two worsts. Um, my bests are Bill from Gravity Falls. That's right. Good. The last episode aired this year, so I get to count it. You totally
2: get to count it. That's a good choice, too.
1: <laughs> Voiced by Alex Hirsch. And then I also really liked Whitney Frost from Agent Carter, uh, by played by Wynne Everett, who I thought was just such a, a terrific counterpoint in, in this season. And in a different, very different way from what they had in season one, even with uh, Bridget Regan's character. Um, but yeah, I, I just I really uh, enjoyed what she brought to the season. Um, so that's who I have for real. Now you... You've already told totally me one of them, which is terrific, and I should have known. But who do you have for your worst villains of the year?
2: All right. So you said this was okay, even though he's not a character. Um, I picked Jason Rothenberg, uh, the EP and creator of the Hundred.
1: Um, yeah, he is definitely a 2016 villain. Yeah.
2: Just this is this is this extends like beyond like a critique of the show, and more so his response to the reaction to Lex's death. As uh, being just ridiculously tone deaf And generally his reaction to most things Like I don't believe that showrunners owe us anything But they can be better about responding to criticisms Like we talked about with like Tina Fey and Carlock But this is very much like an instance where You could have been a lot better about this And you could have also avoided baiting your audience To do this sort of thing through social media Which is something I wasn't aware of prior to everything exploding Because i'm really bad at keeping up with tumblr <laughs> um, but yeah definitely like in terms of like real life production type of stuff just really terrible and to say nothing of the alleged bullying that he engaged in with um the fellow who played um
1: lincoln, lincoln. yeah ricky whittle
2: yeah so all of that just like feeds into this is a, a villainous type of thing which is hyperbolic i and i even said as such on twitter when i was engaging because i let it be known that i was doing this and it's a very hyperbolic choice and polemic but it also i think has merit in terms of highlighting how important representation is and when someone goes eh i'm gonna tell the show i'm gonna tell and my show is people can die it's just like yeah that's fine but you made a really conscious choice that the people who were going to die were all minorities or minority representation folks and that's not okay.
1: <laughs> well, and you also said, come to my show. It's different. We value things other than just killing anybody we want. And then said, no, but I get to kill whoever I want. It's like, you don't get to have both. Yeah. You don't get to have both. And look no further than his response to all this and Javi Gr- Gr- uh, Grigio um response to all this, because he's the guy who wrote the episode. Right. And so he got a lot of shit yeah. from from fans. And and their responses are night. And like literally Javi tweeting, hi, I'm at this bar in Sydney at a a convention. If you have anything you want to say, come up to me. Like just like literally welcoming people who have a lot of anger towards him to come and speak their mind to him theoretically in a hopefully respectful way. But if not, he's like, fair enough. Just I can take it you know I really (laughs) these people have lots of money they're very privileged position in in Hollywood and maybe not compared to others but just compared to probably who their average fan is they do they can take it or at least Javi can because there was a maturity difference differential between those two responses that is very stark in in my opinion who is your uh, actual, character. yeah, like character, character villain.
2: worst villain. Right. So I, I I struggled, like I mentioned, To come up with a villain I really really responded to. Like the closest I could get with George was on George on Paul Dark, who is just deliciously evil, but he doesn't really stand out as much as I would like. So my worst actual character villain was Vandal Savage from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Just the worst, dullest possible villain. So bad. And just. It fed into a really bad plot with their Legends of Tomorrow's first season Which they're maybe potentially overcompensating for But this season by getting all the really fun villains from free shows on But Vandal's just really aggressively dull And his modus operandi doesn't really exist Beyond, oh I need to kill these two over and over again And it's just like, wow that's really boring And speaking as a comic book fan Vandal Savage is a really fascinating, interesting character who wants to speed up the evolution of the human race to catch up to him, but also he wants to rule the world. And that doesn't really come through in Legends of Tomorrow's Vandal Savage. He's just kind of a, for me, the closest comparison is very much Arrow's version of Rachel Ghoul, who also did not have an agenda of any sort. And yeah, he's just, he's really dreadful. And as much as I liked Casper Crump's look, As Vandal Savage it was also just kind of a flat performance as well that he delivered um so yeah like really really terrible villain
1: I'm just snickering over here because you you were saying that doesn't come through (laughs) that doesn't exist right it doesn't exist character (laughs) it can't come through because there's nothing under the surface all you get is more of the same (laughs) surface not even different surface yeah Yeah, no that's a terrific pick and yeah I'd kind of like scrubbed him from my brain a bit so as you so, should have good call good call um, now next we have parents I've got yep. some best and some worst right did you go did you do best worst or did you just go I one have way best with this? I
2: have best worst with this one um, and I, I I will go best first um, since okay. at least one of my my best choice easily on your list and that's the Wongs um, they're just they're fantastic um, but also um dre and Bo are just also fantastic on blackish so Mm -hmm. it's fresh off the it's the abc family comedies basically that we love they have the best parents and
1: and i went a different way with that because i went for the shiny new ones and i went with maya and jimmy de mayo who are also just fantastic right from speechless Yeah, yeah absolutely so next do you have more
2: no, like I mean, for best, no, it's just like it's the ABC family, it's the ABC it's parents. Is just, they're just the best.
1: <laughs> um, I also gave some love to Greg uh, from Steven Universe. Tom Sharpling is the voice of that nice because because I, I realized I don't think I've ever singled him out, and yeah. he's like all he's really things good. considered, he's really good. Like, yes, he lives in a van and has no money, and his son hey, doesn't actually hey, live. He with has him. money now. He has money now. He has money now. Yeah. But like. His son doesn't live with him because he can't support him. But but all that considered, he actually does a really good job of parenting Steven. Mm -hmm. Steven should be way more messed up than he is. And that's a lot because of the grounding influence Uh, Of Greg as his most important human connection. Um, Also Sam Fox from Better Things, uh, Pamela Adlin um, and this season on Outlander uh, Jamie and Claire uh, basically adopted Fergus um, and as as sort of their ward or you know you know but it was nice to see them in a, a much more paternal role. So that's Katrina Balfin and Sam Hagen are the performers. But that was a really nice addition to this season of of Outlander. Uh, for, for Worst Parents, I'm going to start off with the one that I know you don't have because you okay. didn't really watch The Path. And that's Brenda Roberts, Kathleen Turner on The Path. Was, she, she's, she's horrible. She's a really, really bad mom. She's like, my son's an alcoholic. I'm going to make him drink with me. Like... Oh, she's really bad. It was a terrific performance from Kathleen Turner. Um, and uh, no, I
2: had every every parent on the path was actually. Oh my wow! Choice. Yeah, no. I remember that parent... you had watched all of that. Yeah, I watched all of it. <laughs> but thanks. my bad. Yeah, No, no. <laughs> okay, no. never mind. I had the... every parent on the path. Like all of them are bad.
1: <laughs> well, but like. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't uh, Aaron Paul pretty good? Like, all these kids, like, the the, the walk he does with his son, that's pretty good. There's some good that's, parenting there.
2: That's good, but then it they're also, like, in open warfare with Michelle Monaghan <laughs> on, across the dinner table over parenting, oh, which well, is yeah. never really good parenting. Yeah. Um, but yes, okay. yeah. So Kathleen Turner, Michelle Monaghan, Aaron Paul, just terrible parents
1: everyone. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. I like <laughs> assuming. Um, I also have a uh, godmother, Olivia Coleman from Fleabag. She's oh, a horrible God. stepmother. She's um, terrible. And it makes for great TV, but Lady May and Bishop James Greenleaf are not good parents. No. <laughs> you are not. When your kid comes to you and says, my uncle molested me, you believe them, and you don't believe your brother or you know, brother-in-law. That's how that works anyways that's good yeah that's good uh i only have best for kids
2: same same there's
0: a
1: lot of great kids though so i have like do we just want to like
2: but figure it out because it's just like it's steven and he's like the best kid
1: well obviously Mm -hmm. steven i didn't even put him because that's such a Ah, given
2: right no i feel like steven and steven for both of us and then like (laughs) sue is like a given for me sue heck from the middle um but for me and also given i'm assuming is all the kids on stranger things including the teenagers who are all like varying degrees of great Mm -hmm. and we can dive into them individually in a second and then but i also wanted to mention because i actually really loved them and they delivered just both of the kids delivered really good performances but they're also just easily the best part of the show in a lot of ways and that's the kids on the detour or just, i have them too yeah no see total overlap this, yeah, yeah yeah they're just fantastic they're they're both really really funny but they also respond so well to the parents and everything that's happening around them that they fit perfectly within the show and they never detract from it which is always for tv kids the thing that you need to pay attention to Absolutely. Um, so yeah. yeah, those those were my favorites this year.
1: I, I also had Max, Frankie, and Duke Fox from Better Things. That's so Mikey Madison, Hannah Alagood, and Olivia Edward mm-hmm. um, for uh, the detour. That's Delilah and Jared, Ashley Jurasimovich, and Liam Carroll. I I thought I was being so clever with the detour. Uh, no, okay, I remember. I remember. <laughs> And then for Stranger Things, it's Mike Wheeler, Dustin Henderson, Lucas Sinclair, Will Will Byers, and of course Eleven. And the actors are uh, Finn Wolfhard, Gaten Matarazzo, uh, Matarazzo I should say, um, Caleb McLaughlin, Noah Schnapp, and or Schnapp and Emily um, uh, Bo- Bobby Brown. And um, those are the young ones. But then there's also all the teenagers. Right, I know not have. Right, but,
2: but even the young ones. I mean, they'll just separated from their work. As characters within the show, just their presence on like late night TV.
1: Oh my god, when they're being interviewed and like uh they find <sighs> out that that uh um Daniel Radcliffe said that they're amazing and like way better than yeah. he was, they're, they're like, oh my god, it's Harry Potter, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah, amazing. no,
2: and like <laughs> the best Jimmy Fallon game like mm-hmm. ever, just like uh uh Wolf Hard going, Can you read? and him going, <gasps> As he just like burns Fallon on his own show And he didn't realize he was doing it It was just like kid instinct doing it And then just like he responds and going I just burned Jimmy Fallon I just burned <laughs> Jimmy Fallon And to be fair it's super easy to burn Jimmy Fallon but, I know, but
1: still you know He, he did it presence of mind Yeah
2: and it's just like they're they're just so great And I don't want Delivering fame...
1: sack lunches at the Emmys Right
2: I don't want fame to ruin them <laughs> No
1: no hopefully it won't won't um okay did you have any worst kids
2: i i couldn't think of any worst kids this year um
1: no yeah i feel like it's most there, there were a lot of other ones we could have mentioned like yeah. the entire abc lineup yeah. but um uh, yeah the, there's there's a lot to choose from so those were those are super fun um on screen deaths i have a very big list here but i'm not gonna say them all i've narrowed it down to three okay and this is best did you do worst because like worst is too depressing for me Uh, i couldn't even do it
2: (laughs) well i mean best on screen death is just like really difficult to like think about because i ended up thinking about the one that kind of hit hardest so this like Mm -hmm. satisfies a couple of other categories later on um but uh pussy's death on orange is the new black just left me like tattered and Mm -hmm. in small pieces and yeah, it's just even right now, it's like I'm getting like kind of teared up and emotional talking about it But that, A, speaks to my connection to the character, but also speaks to How much of an impact that death had on the show Which I think is the other thing to consider when we're talking like a best on-screen death is How how did that death what ramifications, narratively, did that death have? Mm. And I think that that just had, and will continue to have going forward for the show, a lot of ramifications. And it just really hit me very hard. And so that was my choice for best. I mean, we've already kind of discussed the worst deaths, so why don't you tell me some <laughs> of your best deaths, then?
1: Um, well, it will surprise few people. Hodor from Game of Thrones, I thought was really effective. Um, Nina Sergeyevna from the Americans, and also, uh, oh, oh, Leonard Snart, surprisingly effective, on Legends Wow, that of wasn't Tomorrow. even on
2: my radar, but I'm really impressed by that choice.
1: Well, I thought it was, like, and again, it's that episode, yeah. that yeah. whole episode is like, Legends of Tomorrow, I didn't know you could do that. If right. you could do that, why did you waste your time with all those other crappy episodes? Because, and again, I reviewed that episode for the A.V. Club, I subbed in, and it just happened to be, like, way, I was like, I'm, I'm going to give an A to Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> this, is, this feels very strange. Um, but I also had to mention Tommen, who just jumps out a window with, like, no warning. He just kills himself uh, on the show, which I think is such an effective... Yeah, you haven't been t- paying attention to Tommen. You've just been assuming, like, of course, Cersei very much in this, but even as the audience, you've been assuming you could just continue to manipulate him and kill his wife who he loves very much and all these other things and he'll just be fine it'll just be fine there won't be any ramifications because he's just a pushover and he'll do whatever he can take anything and he just won't care and to then to see that break him and to see like him his his choice to walk out of several story high window comes out of nowhere but that's because we haven't been paying attention to him And we've been in Cersei's shoes and her son kills himself. And she didn't even like she she didn't even understand that that was the thing that could happen because she wasn't connecting with him on any level as a person. She was so wrapped up in herself that she paid no attention to what her son was dealing with, where he was at and what was important to him. It was a it was a complete shock. It was satisfying in that capacity on Game of Thrones, but it also, I thought was really effective. I don't know if the show intended this, but I thought it was very effective in the sense of, are you are you watching? Are you paying attention? Who, who around you, who in this show, but who also around you, is having a horrible, horrible time right now and you just are too self-involved to even open your eyes and if you think about it for a second, it makes sense and of course, of course this is something, this is a character who's dealing with so much and is... It would make sense for him to be having a really, really, really hard time and to feel total despair in this moment. But you're too self-involved and you're not even looking. Um, So, yeah, I don't know how much the show intended that that part of it. They might have. Um, But I just thought it was really, really effective because it it was a complete surprise. But again, like I said, I thought in context, it actually made a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. So so. You know, slightly different approaches with Tom and, and Snart, you know, sacrificing himself to save the team. Uh but but yeah, there were a lot of them. for worst, I mean all of the women, like the stars of their shows killed, you know, uselessly in their finale. So like Castle and uh Sleepy Hollow, remember that? Um not to the hundred. No, because I stopped watching Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> ding ding, points for the start for the smart man. Um we had some memorable ones on other memorable ones on Game of Thrones. Uh Gideon on uh, Mr. Robot, Dougal from Outlander, Laurel Arrow, right? Um frank on the americans was actually pretty pretty terrific as well and like everybody on the walking dead but i stopped caring so i had denise on here as an honorable mention because i actually i cared very much about i denise. cared about
2: denise in my very short watching but i chalked a lot of that up to the performance
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so there were a lot of like worsts um and some other contenders for for strong ones but yeah that's that's I've, i felt like if i started to focus on the worst that would be That would be bad. So instead, I'm going to, unfortunately, this is a bit of a pivot. There's a bit of a connecting thread here. But badass award, I've got a bunch of of this. And I was not surprised to find they were all ladies, pretty much. Not all, but mostly. Uh, Root and Shaw on Person of Interest, total badasses. Sarah Lance, loved her coming into her own on Legends this year. Um, Sansa Stark, Game of Thrones. Um, Rosalie, shout out to Harriet, motherfucker. And Tubman, who will hopefully be a contender Next year um, But Luke and and Claire and also Misty Knight On Luke Cage And then also, in a different way Major Lily White and Robbie On iZombie, that's right Some iZombie love from me From you yeah. Yes um, Now, did you have any Like, I actually struggled a bit with this next category And that's characters that we want to see more of because right. I, I, I felt like for me I went with a couple picks that like I thought would make the show better Sure. But for me, everything, all the characters That I most enjoy, I think are in the correct Proportions right now on their right. shows Yeah, um,
2: this was actually Really easy for me, and It's actually like, I, I think of them As a unit now, based on how the show ended Um, the season I should say Ended, and it's Mariah Dillard and Shades on Luke Cage Hmm. um
0: mm who
2: like they're like supporting cast players basically within the first season and they're both portrayed portrayed really well by Alfre Woodard and um is it Rossi? yeah yeah and they're both fantastic in the supporting parts but presumably when the show gets season two they're the big bads And I'm deeply, deeply excited to see what these two can do when they're able to step out of their respective shadows of Cottonmouth and... um... Diamondback? Diamondback, thank you. And then that basically, provided the show does well, they are, like, immediate top candidates for best (laughs) villains for me for Mm -hmm. whenever Luke Cage comes back. But also it's just I want to see both of those actors in these roles really go whole hog. And I'm really excited for that. So those are the two characters I want to see more of. And I cannot wait to see more of. Uh, what about you? Who did you have for this? Anyone well, at I, all?
1: Yeah, no, I went with Carla on Silicon Valley by okay. Alice Wetterland who was popped up here and there. And I've talked about in the past that Silicon Valley is a show that I think is actually really funny and the cast is terrific. But I do think it has a lady problem. It yeah. needs more women um, on the show. And to just, even just to spark different characters kinds of conversations because this group of characters is only going to have so many different conversations before they just feel like it's very repetitive Um, and they've done a terrific job of avoiding that so far but why don't you just add some more ladies in and why don't you add back in Carla who's been in there a few times she's been terrific Alice Wonderland over on People of Earth and she, whenever she shows up, she's really good. So I think that's a pre-existing character that I would love to see pop up more frequently on Silicon Valley. I don't, I kind of doubt that she will, but it would be nice. Also, Mr. Robot next year? Let's give Trenton and Mobley more to do. Sunita Mani and Azir Khan, uh, Azar Khan, I should say. Um, I really liked the little bits we got of them. So I, I'm about, I'm surprised I'm about to say this, um, but but less please of of, of Grace Gummer. And certainly less of Remy Malik, so that we can get more of Trenton and Mobley. I'm much more interested in them. Um, but they, that, those are the characters that really came to mind. Everybody else I felt like was in the right proportions. Like, sure. I don't need more Carlos Valdes. I feel like he's in the right proportion yeah. on Flash now. The issues with the Flash are not about that. They're about yeah. other things. Yeah. Um. For me, though, the next category, the last category for characters, actor that we want more of, this was easy for me, and mm-hmm. it was one that was like... I've really enjoyed having Reese Darby on my TV this year and Mm wrecked and and some other things too. Like more of him was all would always be a good thing, but I feel like he's kind of busy with Wrecked and everything. Mm -hmm. But though I'm curious, we have the same pick. Uh, I need Johnny Ray Gill on my TV stat because he's been killed off or his shows have ended for all his, all his projects. So more Johnny Ray Gill coming into my eyeballs every week. Right. I think
2: Jenny Ray Gill's a really good choice. I went with someone who basically I wasn't like super familiar with. And basically I just went, this is my first exposure to this actor and I need more of her in my life. And it was Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag, um, mm-hmm. who just deeply funny, but also just really great at portraying the sheer sadness and depression of Fleabag, the character. And I just need more Phoebe Waller Bridge stat just immediately. <laughs> I, I need it now, please.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, our next category here is actually um, sequ- well, Phoebe Waller Bridge, by the way, terrific pick. And I think there is more for coming soon. Yeah. But uh, our next category here is sequences. And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to be leaning on you a bit for this. Sure. uh, Uh, Because you actually have to write about and analyze fight scenes more frequently than I do. (laughs) So I just kind of assume you're going to be more comfortable with this than I am. I kind of just have the same three shows for everything here. Our first category is best action set piece. And I wanted to say Archer so bad. But the best action set pieces on Archer take place off screen, and we don't actually see them. Well, that's because so.
2: they're really expensive to animate.
1: <laughs> they're really expensive. And they were super funny off screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, Archer didn't get much love on my list this year. I wanted to put you here, but you didn't You didn't earn it this year. Instead, I have just generically the CW crossover. Um, Good choice. So I have uh, John Kralt from The Flash, Curtis Braconier, uh, Colin Decker... Eli uh JJ Z- uh, uh, Macaro, and she's Bamford from Arrow, and JJ Macaro and uh, Dean uh, Co from Legends. I don't know if they actually, who all did what? Those are, I believe, the stunt coordinators or fight coordinators.
2: Bamford's the uh, coordinator for um, Arrow, but he also directed uh, the Arrow crossover episode, and he's
1: okay. by far and
2: away their. Best director
1: <laughs> Yeah, I also had Game of Thrones Of course they had some insane Insane, yes. insane fights this, yeah. this year And um, uh, Raleigh Erlem is the stunt coordinator Over there um, So yeah, so those are kind of I just went generically with those uh, sure. The big battle set pieces from from Game of Thrones Do you have more interesting picks? Than uh,
2: I don't know that I have more interesting picks For action set piece But I went with the set piece that I felt like Took the show up a notch in Narratively speaking uh, Because like you mentioned, like, I've written a lot about, like, superhero action shows. And one of the things I hate is just set pieces for the sake of set pieces. Um, yeah. I'm very much kind of alone in that. Like, we go to the point of a set piece in an action show is the set piece itself. But I've always been like, well, no, I'd like for it to be motivated by something. Please, okay, thank you. And uh, the iZombie finale's set piece of the zombie rager slash zombie invasion slash everything with max rager the elevator the cages all of it it was just really terrific um it all threaded really really nicely we finally got a zombie apocalypse sequence on iZombie that was just really kind of violent kind of gross and uh showed all the characters like in their best way and it also just involved um the detective like finally finding everything out and mm. that's that it's it's got everything and that's what i cared about was that it had everything so it was by far and away like this was the only choice i had for set piece was the IZombie zombie like finale and the max rager party
1: um you have shamed me sir because that's a <laughs> terrific pick also how did we not mention rob thomas in our best cameos i
2: i, I have him later
1: oh okay that's yeah. why Fair yeah.
2: enough. That's yeah. a- I've got him okay. later don't worry it
1: was an oversight on my part but I'm glad it wasn't on yours nope. um, for best stunts again I'm just kind of going boring Daredevil right. Philip J. Silvera yeah. is the fight coordinator over there Luke Cage James Lewis the stunt coordinator and fight coordinator and uh, Preacher da- John Banshee, the- I'm assuming
2: as well yeah
1: yeah yeah Jon a fight coordinator stunt coordinator and Game of Thrones Raleigh Earlham again so yeah. the shows that you would think yeah. did a good job this year yeah I
2: don't really have a stunt coordinator in part because one of the things that kind of uh, stunts in part because I think like Daredevil is like probably doing the best stunt work on television right now that I'm watching I'm sure that people who watch Banshee would disagree with me and I would not discount that opinion I just haven't watched Banshee so I don't know um, but one of the things that, like, I think detracts from stunts, like, especially on the CW shows and specifically on Arrow, is that the stunt doubles are often a little too visible. <laughs> and
0: there's, that. There's,
2: there's no way around that because they, it's a limited talent pool that they're working with in Vancouver. But it's just, it's difficult to hide that, which is why so many stunts take place at night, especially on Arrow, which does a lot of, like, fight scene stuff at night so that it's easier to obscure that kind of stuff. But when it's noticeable, you just kind of go, that's not the, that's not, the hair's not even right. (laughs) And so that's kind of where I am, but I wouldn't just, Daredevil's stunt work is really good. Luke Cage's stunt work is really phenomenal. And the staging of stunts, I think, is also really important with Luke Cage because of how they depict his powers.
1: Well, for best fight scene here, um, again, they're the ones that people are gonna think of. So. There were actually a number on Game of Thrones that were redonkulous. Mm -hmm. Um, Battle of the Bastards comes to mind, though other people love that one more than I did. But um, uh, there were many options for for Game of Thrones. Um, But also for Daredevil, the the staircase fight, um, uh, which was a bit, you know, a bit you talked about the context in the episode being important to you. That's also important to me. That's also why I tend to not remember these. This is why I like, this is a category that it would be really helpful for me. Like I'm going to remember different speeches. I'm going to remember different performances. I'm going to certainly going to remember music at the end of the year. I'm not going to remember stunts the same way just because of how I watch things. Um, So I'm sure there were some really effective, really visceral and really, um, just on a character level Even very interesting fights That I'm forgetting But I remember that Daredevil Punched a bunch of people As he walked downstairs And there was a the thing With the elevator that was funny Um And that was really Technically impressive Even if it wasn't Paced that great Within the episode Um Luke Cage His assault on the stash house I thought was Was you was know Phenomenal Really terrific And then the uh, The hotel room brawl I think it's uh, I think it was a hotel On Preacher With the The angel Who just kept coming back yeah. Um was, had a nice touch of, of, of... It feels so wrong to say whimsy. No, it's a very
2: um, macabre whimsy, whimsy, and I actually have that, like, somewhere else on my list, but that's a really good choice,
1: too. Yeah, did you have any, I mean, again, I feel bad, because these are, like, the, the ones, single ones that people remember from these shows, right. but there's a reason.
2: Sure, no, like, I, 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 again, I, like, needed character. Like, again, character drives everything for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so the fight scene i picked was from star wars rebels and their episode twilight of the apprentice and it's darth vader versus ahsoka and like
1: that'll do it character wise yeah that, that'll that do it
2: character wise because it's ahsoka fighting anakin and master teacher stuff i mean all of it just built in but it's also just such a it's something I wouldn't have expected the show to necessarily do even though it's like right there but then they did it and it was done really meaningful way that I just I was very very happy about it and I was very happy to see it represented because like Clone Wars and for me Clone Wars ends not counting the Lost Mission Netflix episodes that aired uh very much with Soka just walking away from the Jedi Order and walking away from Anakin and all this sort of stuff and then coming back and like fighting her own her old master who's all this stuff blah 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 star wars mythology etc 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 but it's just deeply meaningful both on a on a character level that extends beyond rebels basically into clone wars and how rebels is at least in that season significantly less so this season which is why i've very rarely talked about it this year is that it did a very nice job of providing emotional cleanup and closure from the clone wars but in ways that feel organic to star wars rebels and that's something that's really insignificant and really important that they've been able to play off of it hasn't served them well which is why the current season isn't particularly good because ratings apparently for these more mythology type heavy episodes weren't very good so they've been doing a lot of standalone episodes that are just kind of fine but this particular fight scene just had character it had stakes it had everything so that was why i immediately gravitated towards it as opposed to any of the other fight scenes that you listed which are all good and like the luke cage stash house one is just phenomenally brilliant on any number of aesthetic level but this is like one that stuck in my head a little bit so that's why i chose it
1: yeah. And it's also very telling, I think, of how we watch our number one show of the year, Steven Universe, which mm. had a number of memorable fight scenes that I didn't even go to that place because yeah. that's not where I go to. But like the Stevani fight with um with um Jasper yeah. comes to mind and of course Amethyst reaction. There's so much character in that. But it was just a sweet fight. It's just they also tend to be shorter. Yeah. Which is the, I think the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, cause, because it's an a eleven minute episode. So right. There's that no. But there are other But again I think it, this more Just is more telling of us Than maybe yeah. of the years <laughs> I, I
2: I think that's very true Like I thought about um, Whatchamacallit uh, The Susan Strong fight um, Across basically mm-hmm. all of OO From Adventure Time That was pretty Tem- sweet Yeah The Adventure Time's finale Is like a very close runner up It was And it meets Like character requirements It's really well animated It's got a lot of Really surprising things Within it Including like The return of the Jake suit Which is just i love the jake suit but yeah it's just i kept going back to ahsoka and vader fighting and just went, yeah that's
1: that's that's the one that's the one fair enough well what about dream sequences this again was another one i was like there aren't any but then i came up with four well i'm glad
2: you (laughs) came up with four i kind of cheated a little bit and i totally cheated oh good okay no I, i i I needed to find another way to give limitless love and so mm-hmm. i went sans's comic book origin sequences which those are really sweet which yeah. were f- fantastic because they had different art styles they told the story in really impressive ways of sans backstory but in but in ways that never detracted from the episode uh in ways that like regular old flashbacks would have done but also budget saving ways because you can't Mm -hmm. do like the complex sans backstory in actual flashbacks so they're really really great and I think they count as dream sequences because like Brian's imagining them um so I that that was my choice for dream sequences what were your four choices for dream sequences is it the Westworld robot consciousness
1: no of course not (laughs) no this is me my well my super cheating one but this seemed like the best place to put it Mm -hmm. was um Issa's, like, wish fulfillment Oh, good choice Pops in Insecure in Yeah And the other, like, cheat one is Louise from Bob's Burgers With Kuchikopi Nice Which is, like, a whole, like, dream episode Kind of, like, A-plot But They cut
2: back to the real world every now and then it,
1: It's That's that's cool It's several sequences <laughs> it's, it's a cheat but, but, I mean, Kuchikopi And I only recently saw Crawl Space For the first time Right And I'm... then watch it, like Three times in the course of a week. Isn't it amazing? It's so good. That's a season one episode for those who don't know of Bob's Burgers. Yeah. No. And so, so like that even makes it better <laughs> in <Yeah>. context. <laughs> um, but the, the actual more, you know, fantasy or dream sequences uh, was Nina imagining a different end in the American's. Which was really lovely um and then sam b's dream that (laughs) hillary won on full frontal and she's just walking around like it's over and she's high-fiving everyone and and then she wakes up and that's so captured how i felt um just her wake up go, oh no um yeah that's that that's pretty much where i was at and continue to be on many days um so those are the ones that i that i went with
2: i like that sam b choice a lot I, I kind of forgot about that, but I mean, so much of the election is like weirdly repressed, and I couldn't find a way to work in James. County. I like how you
1: say weirdly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like, it's not weirdly for, repressed. For,
1: for self care reasons, right? For self care. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that wraps up our our our, our sequences uh, picks. Um, so we'll take another break. Listen to you a little bit more music. Mm.
0: Patio, a we hit your back patio. We tap that
2: ass all over this house. How many times did we tap that behind? Well, let's estimate on an average day. I would have to say
0: mm, a five, six, seven, eight.
1: What,
2: too cheeky?
1: Hey. Does this ring a bell?
0: A little to the left. Oh, oh, okay now. A little to the right. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Back to the left. Right there. Right there. Wait, no, you're doing it wrong. I'll do it myself. Barkeep, what's on tap? It's me and my ass. Ooh, sounds refreshing.
1: It's time for our next segment. That's right. We're still going here at the televerse It's time for our best moments of the year. Um, now, this is a category that I either thought of something and I was like, "Yeah, obviously," or I racked my brain. Was this was this a challenging category for you?
2: Yes, and there are a number of things where I just went, "I don't have anything." Um, I did not keep as good a track as I should have for some of these. Um, but next year, kept
1: track of anything. You're one yeah. up on me on that. What, yeah. did Next you year, have, though, did you have a trippiest scene?
2: Uh, I I, I won with the pizza stress dreams. Um, from Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service. I oh, think that's
1: terrific. That's fabulous. Yeah, I
2: I think that that's just a really great way of making pizza, which is the best thing, <laughs> um, really associated with stress dreams. And this is coming from someone who has been out of college for a while and st- still had a dream like last night. About not being worried about being on time for finals Not being able to find the information on a website I had a dream about that Kate It was prolonged (laughs) and terrible That
1: shouldn't happen I'm sorry That shouldn't
2: happen I'm 32 I shouldn't be having dreams about this Because I'm not even a grad student anymore (laughs) And yet um, So I think that's just how stress is manifesting itself Is you're going to have dreams about that But having pizza stress dreams Which is what Kiki's dealing with and not being able to express her emotions and getting bogged down in cheese and pepperoni and all that sort of stuff that we love is like tearing her apart. And I, I just, it's very trippy, but it's also deeply emotional. And so I really, really like that. What about you?
1: Well, I strongly consider Kuchikopi for this, but I instead put it okay. in dream <laughs> sequences. <laughs> Because uh, I think that's delightful um, But uh, the one that came to mind for me Actually right away was Mr. Robot And no, not the elf thing, which I know everybody else Loved more than me, but the interview that we had With Portia Doubleday um, oh, That sure. sequence, I thought, worked really well And when you <laughs> stood back From it and analyzed whether It made any sense or served any value We had trouble with that But in like the scene itself it was It was trippy and weird And very well executed, so that's what I had for my pick. Um, what about best WTF moment? Just like what is ha- happening?
2: Well, I don't have a best, mainly because the WTF moment I immediately thought of was the aforementioned ALF the Mr. Mm. Robot's 90s sitcom riff because I literally said what the fuck um, when this started and then it kept going. And I mean, we can debate the merits of it all we want. Um, I think it's self-indulgent and bad. Um, But that's also my description for most of the show. But this in particular felt deeply self-indulgent and I don't really feel like it's particular thing worked as well. Uh, But it's just, it, it was very weird and very bizarre. And I didn't quite understand what was happening. And that's why it was like the WTF moment this year for me. <laughs> what about you?
1: Oh, brain dead! When the queen is mating. <laughs> i like with like I was like, what is what are we? What is happening? Oh my god! Is this what I? This is what I, this is. So Bug sex. Up. Bug sex.
2: Wait, um. but shouldn't that be for best extraneous sex then?
1: no no it's two no. wtf it's too wtf <laughs> what about gut punch i just i have two the first was just all of the deaths and there were so many yeah so many um i also had queen sugar when the bordelon family learns their history with the landry family that mm-hmm. was just like such a visceral one and then of course there's a particular death we will be getting to later that also really struck me but um what did you have for for, for this one
2: well, I mean, I think deaths is a really good thing because deaths are gut punches uh, for the most part on television, and this also feeds into like Dusty Dusty HemSad, which is up next, and like, and I'll still go with like uh, death on Orange is the New Black is just like I was I should have been expecting it given the nature of her flashback within the episode, um, but it was it, it just hits really really hard. And it still continues to hit pretty hard. And yeah, yeah, it broke me. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> um Well, then let's go move swiftly on to the Dusty SD Him Sad Award for scene, like tier, most tear jerking scene. I had yeah. one, like, tear jerking sad and one tear jerking happy. Okay, I want to hear both. Okay, I had for sad, Teddy asks for a divorce on Rectify. Which is mm-hmm. like, oh man, the performance is all around. Just like It's just so intense. Also for Happy the Great British Baking Show finale where Nadia <gasps> and Mary yeah. talk about Nadia's journey and just like oh, I'm getting the feels just thinking about it right now. It was so beautiful and so empowering and so wonderful. Um, yeah, those are mine. What did, you, what did you have?
2: Oh, I didn't have anything beyond like the deaths, um, but I like both of yours, so I'm just going to take them.
1: That works. Cherish was. them. Um. What about uh? The, fuck yeah! Punch the air, victory moment for you. Um.
2: This was actually really easy, and I needed a way to work this one in anyway. Uh. But this is Paris Geller kicking a bathroom door shut and then balancing <laughs> on one high heel, very narrow high heel, and it's just it's everything that I kind of needed and wanted from this year's. So, encapsulated by a woman going no, you're not coming in here and just, even though it's to the women's bathroom, she's just like, "No, nope, I need this space right now
0: mm-hmm.
2: and no one else is coming in and I'm going to do a very dangerous yoga pose to make sure no one gets in <laughs> um, but it's terrific, it's pure Paris and it's just it's terrific, I just loved it uh, what about you?
1: Um, I have a few here I have the Cubs win the World Series <laughs> oh man Ah, oh, it was a beautiful moment immediately crushed in my memory but for those few days it was wonderful i also have the fury of mama greenleaf when she comes to terms with what her her brother did mm-hmm. oh, it was so satisfying mm-hmm. um and then also made you eat your family made you eat your family on game of thrones when aria oh, okay. serves up <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway so those were my, my Fuck yeah moments What about twists or realizations Now we're going to have a separate like conversation about finale The like, reveals and stuff But not in the finale What were some ones that came to mind as the most satisfying Or best twists or, or realizations for you this year
2: I really couldn't come up with any Like I struggled to come up with like twists Or realizations that really worked for me Okay And I, I just really struggled to come up with one That I felt Lingered basically, and none nothing lingered, which was troubling. But um, yeah, I couldn't think of anything. Um, Fair enough. Pre spoiler alert for a lot of these, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> That's year. okay.
1: That's um, okay.
2: So, but what about you? What was like your big twist realization?
1: Well, I thought the This Is Us premiere, like the mm-hmm. way that that was handled, was really effective, and okay. the fact that they didn't spoil it with all of their ads. Tip of the hat to the promotion sure. department that doesn't usually happen. Also, <laughs> on the detour, um, when we <laughs> realize oh, that, no. that Dr. Rob is a pedophile, uh, and <laughs> the uh, actor is Tom Amanda's, um, and that the person we've thought is his bride is actually the mother of his bride, it just was so wrong and so like hilariously perfect for that episode. Oh, of the That's detour. such a good
2: choice.
1: <laughs> um, I also had the late episode, and I couldn't remember, this might be in the finale, but I thought it maybe it was in the second to last episode, but I loved On People of Earth where they, like, all of a sudden, the Jeff and Kurt dynamic gets recontextualized as, like, maybe Jeff was in love with Kurt, maybe they had, a, like, interspecies relationship. Yes. I thought that was such a terrific and interesting way to go with that. And it and, and just add this extra power and depth to everything and also raise the stakes in a way that then they can't just walk back from yeah. that. I think it provides a lot of opportunity for season two. Um, so I thought that was actually really interesting. Um, also I should give a shout out. Uh, if I asked my dad, his favorite new character of the year, I'm almost certain it would be Jeff. He loves Jeff. So much love for Jeff in, my, in the household. Um What about most traumatizing? I feel like, you know, Klexa is this like its own thing? Separate yeah. to the side. Do you have anything sure. besides that?
2: Well since you went with the Cubs, I'm just gonna go with the steady realization of watching PBS News on election oh, night. Damn it,
1: yeah. Yep.
2: And I feel like that I mean, if you can go with the Cubs winning as a sporting event, I'm gonna take a political event and just go watching steadily PBS news anchors go, Oh, Oh, and then just, like, completely collapsing. Um, Watching
1: MSNBC, like, like, hold out, desperately not calling states everyone else is called. Yeah. No, that's,
2: that, I I didn't watch MSNBC at all because I can't deal with graphics overload. But, yeah, I I, I feel like that was by far and away the most traumatizing television experience I had this year. Was Mm -hmm. watching election results come in and go, oh, oh, okay.
1: Mm -hmm. This is what happens. (laughs) Yep. Um, Tied to that Watching the speeches the next day Watching his speech And her speech And then oh, realizing Who our president was going to be
2: I watched his speech live That was rough
1: I watched her speech live <laughs> so yeah, you're streaming. Very yeah. emotional time for me um, I also have On a scripted TV level <laughs> Way less impactful For me personally <laughs> But on scripted TV, Blossom's Death on on Lady Dynamite was oh, really, really impactful for me. Um, it's just a dog. So someone who's never had a dog, you know? Right. Um, and the way that was put together, the way it was framed, the way the towel and everything, I thought was really... Uh, and, and knowing, of course, the context where this was based on something that happened with Maria Bamford and her dogs, um, of course, added an extra layer to it, but... Yeah, that was one that I wanted to mention. Um, I have some really entertaining ones, at least for me, for Schadenfreude. The Schadenfreude Award of moments of Schadenfreude pleasure and others' pains.
2: This one I had no problem with.
1: Okay, what what did you have?
2: <laughs> oh, this was easy. This was watching everyone else realize that Mr. Robot is terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, and just cool. the collapse of the critical consensus around this show, and then everyone going, "How this this isn't good. And I just went, no shit. It's not good. I told you this last year, but no, suddenly it's all trendy to not think it's good. Way to go guys. Welcome to the party. Yippee ka motherfuckers. And so no, what I, I took an immense amount of pleasure in watching people who would like champion and pray over-praised this show last year go, Oh, this, this, this has become a self-indulgent mess. And I just went, yes, that was the natural end result of that first season, guys. So that was me having a great deal of pleasure in watching other people come to the same conclusion I had a year earlier. So this was also Noel's a smug asshole award. <laughs> but um, what about you? What did you take pleasure? Whose pain did you take pleasure in this year?
1: The huge ratings dip in the 100 after they <laughs> killed off Lexa and then Lincoln. That, that gave me joy. Um, very selfishly. Uh Fifi <laughs> when they did their reveal and she was talking shit about the previously eliminated queens it's like, oh, camera light behind the the mirror, dramatic pose. They just come back to it, and she's like, Oh shit. That was a really satisfying moment. Um was it wasn't fair to Fifi. Maybe not, probably not, but it was really satisfying television. Um, and then also I have here, um, I don't know who this is really, sh- I guess I'm taking pleasure in their pain, but they were also kind of like, fuck it the whole time. The Nightly Shows last week was some really terrific, fun, just like, screw it television. We're like, yes. well, um, we're just going to drink on the air now <laughs> um, and play back some of our really terrific ep- uh, like segments that... Apparently, y'all didn't appreciate, but we did, and we're getting paid no matter what. So. Half of
2: us already have new jobs, apparently, and mm-hmm. one of us was on vacation.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, so that, that, was, that was the other one I had. Um, for me, the, quite possibly the least controversial, the easiest choice of any category in this entire podcast is the most striking visual of the year, which I talked about last year. And for me, that is underground The Death of Sam. It wasn't even close for me did you have some other ones that contended for you what did you end up going with
2: um well one of the things like death of sam was like mine as well but we had referenced this earlier so it's all the dead angel bodies in that hotel room kate
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> i'm pretty sure i mean that entire sequence is great but i think just the visual of like the corpses everywhere the corpses
1: this everywhere one person's a bunch of times yeah yeah
2: i don't i don't know how to like parse that language linguistically but i think that's just a really it was a really interesting and bold type of representation um in a very different way from sam um obviously because this was much more macabre whimsy like we had discussed and sam's its own very separate thing but that 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 also stood out to me this year
1: fair enough um, for best extraneous sex and nudity. Now this was, these categories were of course very important when we had peanuts, Screen 15, there weren't as many examples of that this year for me. So the fewer things came to mind, yeah. but I feel like for both these categories shrug outlander and I haven't seen it yet, but probably Sense eight. I, I well see that's the thing. It's
2: just like when you say extraneous, I mean something that doesn't feel necessary or relevant, like and, for
1: the plot, you know. Yeah. yeah, and
2: or for the show's tone, I guess. And, and and but tone also plays into issues of representation. And so something like Westworld, which isn't something that you and I kept up with, or at least I didn't keep up with, um, that it becomes extraneous when it doesn't necessarily serve a purpose beyond. Boobs, and that's that. That's to me is extraneous, or it's reductive, or repetitive, rape nonsense. And so that's where I came from. And again, I ran into this last year where I'm just like, I don't watch a lot of stuff with too much sex or nudity, and which maybe I'm a prude. Um, (laughs) So nothing, nothing again, really sprang to mind for me, if only because I'm able to rationalize any sex or nudity I watch um but, i guess know, actually,
1: like i think westworld is a great example of this though because um i'm not a big fan of the show but i do really appreciate the way that they shoot nudity on the show when mm-hmm. the 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 robots are not in the world but when they're being dealt with cleaned it's, it's very it's not sexual at all and i yeah. like and, and just like no that's naked it's the difference between nudity and nakedness yeah and i i really appreciate the the line that, that they draw on the show there
2: Mm-hmm. No I, I can get behind that based on like the four episodes Because there's enough within that first four episodes That I watched that that's represented um, And that's a really good point That's a very good point
1: um, What about oh man you know me I'm such a shipper I've got so many I've, I, I, I was able to, to Pull it down to just Four for this one. But how many What did you have for best shipping
2: I just had one like mm-hmm. And it's basically everything in Yuri and Ice Um, but specifically I went with episode 10, which is the episode where we get a lot of stuff from like Victor's perspective, which we hadn't previously gotten. He's the skater turned coach for Yuri. And so we get him talking a lot about Yuri, which uh, we previously didn't have. So that was really nice. So we get to see Yuri through his eyes and that was really cool. But then this is also the episode where they get like engaged and they exchange rings and that was just really great but then there's the stinger of the episode where it turns out that they had met before at a previous event but yuri was so nervous and about meeting all these skaters and everything is that he just got super drunk and when he got super drunk he started to like basically forcing everyone into like dance parties and dance-offs and a random pole dancing thing at a banquet? I don't, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, is like, this was Victor's first time meeting Yuri. And it just recontextualizes everything. And so it's just this big moment in this central relationship of the show where everything just kind of shifts a little bit from, I saw this guy doing my routine on YouTube and went, I'm gonna be his coach to I saw this guy dancing and I kind of fell in love with him, but I didn't connect with him until this moment. And it's just like, oh, this is really good. This is oh <laughs> this is really good. And so specifically episode ten, but basically anything that happens between Yuri and Victor throughout the first season is just pure shipping gold. <laughs> um so that's that, that was my big that was my big shipper show this year. Uh, what about you? What were your like shipping moments this year?
1: <sighs> Looking at the movie just everyone. Ah, just ah, everyone. Ah, ah. It's so good. Like, yeah. So good. Eventually you'll see it and and you'll be like, oh, I see what you're talking about. I'll be like, I know just the
0: feels.
1: All of the feels. The way that the movie explores and uh, the people who have gotten together and the people who haven't. And it has people ask, like, how come we never hooked up? Which it's a group of gay men. So that, like, that is a much more common part of, uh, like, a social interaction. And, like, he doesn't have the stigma that you would have with different uh, makeups of, of groups of friends. Um, and, and, like, the, the, the little conversations that we get, like, there's this one that, six you know, comes to mind particularly. That's just really beautiful and wonderful. And, like, the lack of it's like judgment. And, like, it feels so natural and just like, a, yeah, why didn't we? And they talk about it. And it's just... It, without lots of drama, of angst, of what of what could have been, or these other feels, it's just like this really beautiful open conversation. Where I'm like, how am I suddenly shipping these two? No, you don't ship those two. You ship these two. Stop <laughs> it, Kate. Stop it. Um, it was just beautiful. So, so just all of everything with, you know, shipping wise, with looking terrific. Also, uh, hello, craziest girlfriend, Daryl and my Josh. So, <laughs> obviously, yeah. yeah, obviously, um. Uh, I was very surprised to find myself shipping Abby and Trey on Broad City. I was like, what is happening? Yes, that is a
2: very good choice.
1: Yeah. And then also uh, I said London Spy, Daniel and Alex, because you needed to connect with that relationship in that first episode. And if you didn't, the entire show was not going to have the impact on you that they needed it to have. So for me, it worked. And, uh, and so efficiently and so quickly based on the performances. So I also wanted to give them a little bit of love, but mainly Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. gosh. Josh. <laughs> um, now, for most chemistry, I didn't even have any least chemistries. Like, I'm sure they- Oh, I, I, I really did. Really. Okay, I, did. I look forward to your picks. Um, I guess Kara and James on Supergirl, but because they were pushing it so hard, but you know, yeah. whatever. For most chemistry, I, I just went, for the most part, with one exception, I went friend chemistry.
2: Yes. I, I mine was a friend chemistry one as well. What did you go with? I went with Mackenzie Davis and Carrie Bechet on Halt and Catch Fire, like Mommy and Mommy are fighting and I'm not okay with this and it's because of the fact that those two actresses have an immense amount of chemistry with one another. And mm-hmm. I mean a lot of it's just written into the script in terms of like the plotting and everything, but even when they're separated from one another, like towards the end of the season where you can feel like the broken friendship longing type stuff. Through their performance, but also as an audience member, because we just want them back together so yeah. that those sparks are flying again. And so, that it was hands like I had no other choice but the two of them for this. Uh, what about you?
1: Well, the first one I have here, uh, really surprised me, and that was Supergirl Kara and Clark. I loved them together so much, and I didn't expect to, so that was yeah, really same. Cl- Less than a surprise! Uh, Agent Carter, Peggy, and Jarvis are not allowed to fight. Certainly not in the desert, ever. Yes, uh, that added such stakes and power to like the. That was such a terrific. Yeah, you think we're doing this bubblegum light like Hollywood pastiche thing? Yeah, but we can get real too, yeah. because they they pull out some truth bombs in that fight, and it feels so. That's that's so honest to friendships because when you're good friends with someone. After a while, like, you both build up your store of things that you could say, but you never would. Yes. And then if the situation arises where all of a sudden you would, shit gets real and quick. Yeah. Um So so I thought that was a really terrific scene and just really emphasized the strength of that connection. Um, Survivor's remorse this season, Chuck and Jimmy, i oh, sorry, Mary Chuck and Jimmy, I should say, or, or M. Chuck and Jimmy, Um, th- I've really loved the way that they explore their friendship in this season. And then the last one I have is just... The, the, the three pronged triangle Of Eddie and Sarah Lane and Cal On the path And oh, okay. all their different chemistries with each other Of different types That's um, a good choice I thought it was really terrific Because there's you know, there a lot of back I was like, oh, who's the best dynamic? Well, they do Oh, but they do Like It kept changing over the course of the season for me And I thought that was really terrific So I wanted to give them some love Now, who had the least chemistry for you?
2: Oh, God it's Brandon Routh and Ciara Renee on Legends of Tomorrow.
1: Oh, God. You know what occurred to me, though? also an option. Hawkgirl <laughs> Hawk and Hawkman. Hawkman
2: is also an option. A
1: very terrific option. <laughs> right. But
2: I also feel like that that particular one feeds in a lot to the fact that she doesn't really understand her past lives very well. And why mm-hmm. would she be attracted to this total stranger? But then by the end, they're supposed to be. But it doesn't make any sense. But none of this made any sense. Um, so, but like, Routh and Renee just have zero chemistry with one another and even more so than like the forcing of like james and kara on supergirl like this was like prolonged in terms of they're actually in a relationship sort of and i just went no they are not
0: they you are can
2: not. you can keep telling me that they are but i'm not buying it because they they there's nothing there like Dominic Purcell and Wentworth Miller; those two have chemistry with one another, and this isn't even just based on the fact that they played opposite each other on another show for like five years. It's because they're really good with one another. But these two, no, no, no,
1: not even <laughs> a little bit. Like, like <laughs> Michelle uh, Benoist and Mikad Brooks would have some level of chemistry with like anything, yeah, inanimate object or well, animate. Yeah. Um, yeah, But yeah, no, not those two So that's a terrific pick um, What about the Oxygen Award for comedy That made, or moment, or or joke Or anything that made you laugh so hard That you stopped breathing Did you have one for this, or did nothing stand out to you?
2: I did, and it's it's Every time Timothy Elephant showed up as himself On the <laughs> <laughs> Like, I told you he was gonna come back And it's just It's so good, and it's just so delightful. it's exactly what he kind of needed to do after justified but it's also just reminds you that he has just impeccable comedic timing which is something i think we'd kind of forgotten a little yeah. bit even though he would land quips really well in justified but this whole kind of himbo version of himself so great and i just i died every time plus every scene that he got with natalie morales was immediate gold so no, he he just left me in stitches the entire time. What about you?
1: Well, I would just do like all of Veep, um, <laughs> but um, there there there's there's runner up here. Which okay. the fact that this is a runner up speaks to how laugh out loud funny so much of the season of Veep was. Selena dressing down her opponents at the 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 ball the state the gala, um, <laughs> including Stephanie. Weir, the the thing with her and Stephanie Weir is amazing. The thing with her and Hugh Dancy is amazing. Um, sorry, I should say Julie Jefferson, Hugh Dancy. not um, But, I mean, Jonah Ryan, just, like, his whole arc was amazing. But the moment where he, he's on the phone, and he's saying this horrendous, super offensive, super misogynistic stuff to somebody on the phone, and then we pull back, and his, like, handler, as because he's, he's running for Congress, just, like just hits him so hard um, it's peter mcnichol and he's like you are at an elementary school and you pull further back and there's a room school children and it's just like it broke me it's breaking me just now thinking about it like the delivery the 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 Get the characters being what they are to get us to that point where we can totally—it's exactly something Jonah Ryan would do. Uh, talk about his his uh, sexual prowess uh, with very vulgar language on a phone in like with in front of a room full of seven-year-olds, and then just Peter McNichol as his uncle who's trying to get him elected so that he can resign, so that his actual person he wants to take the job, his son, I think it is, can um, can step in after he was like. He's so infuriated with the, the idiocy and, like, oh my god, it's just so funny. I just, just stop explaining the joke. It's just really real, like it's so funny, Noel. I just I know Vape is not your thing, and I just I don't I, understand. No, I so just funny.
2: haven't watched any of it.
1: Oh my god, it's so funny. Find a library. Find a library. <laughs> it's on Prime.
2: I just don't, haven't made
1: the time. <laughs> oh my god. It's so good. Okay. Oxygen Award for Moments So Dramatic You Couldn't Breathe.
2: Pick pick anything from underground this year um that's very true pick pick the children's episode um pick sam i mean just how about
1: when they're in the upside down and like you're just like waiting if they're gonna like come back that was also for stranger things that was really effective for me not for you
2: no i mean i figured that they would come back so Mm -hmm. i wasn't like on the edge of my seat type of thing but yeah no uh anything from underground big moment from underground i'm I kind of forgot to breathe. But also stuff like from Halt and Catch Fire. Um, again, anything between what was happening between Cameron and Donna. when The vote? And mom... Right, the vote, exactly. Like, the vote, just like, I, I, I mean, it really could have gone either way. And I would have understood narratively why it went that way. But the fact that I was just like, <gasps> need to breathe. And yeah, yeah. is it speaks to the, where I was with the show.
1: Um, mine is Martha leaving on The Americans. The the medical okay, yeah. field five statue of liberty disappears is the episode. Oh, Just like so, like years and years of buildup, and so beautifully done, and so fraught, but and so just like so perfectly handled. Oh, I love you, The Americans. Um, most ridiculous moment for me is something that's already been mentioned and okay. <laughs> it's david s pumpkins specifically his suit also leslie jones with the chainsaw i'm crazy for david s pumpkin the mu- <laughs> like the music you know it's like yeah so the most ridiculous is the suit and the music or the music or leslie jones with that chainsaw bouncing to the music what about you did you have anything for this
2: I have two and I have like a negative ridiculous and a positive ridiculous um, Which is different from comedic and dramatic I realize But um, the, my positive ridiculous is uh, Melissa Benoist's face upon getting ice cream from The Flash
1: It's so beautiful
2: It's, it's, it's so beautiful and it's so just ridiculous at the same mm-hmm. time It's just like she's so happy about ice cream and, I mean we all know Kara loves to eat But the fact that she's so excited that ice cream was delivered to her in a split second, I just, I I can't get over that. Like, (laughs) it's everything I need. Um, On the flip side of that, but also from Saturday Night Live, is there, um, is there Hillary, is Kate McKinnon, is Hillary Clinton singing Hallelujah? I understand that this is supposed to be kind of a grieving type of moment, but it felt really unearned for me as a show that had been Really again from this is very much a piece of NBC in general But the fact that you guys had Trump on your thing back and it's as a host and I just go no, you don't get to be sad about this now. You 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 promoted him when he was running for president. You can make you can have Lin Manuel Miranda rap about it, and you can get Alec Baldwin to play a very negative satirical portrayal of him. But you don't get to eat your cake and have you don't get to have your cake and eat it too in this particular moment, guys. Like you gave him a platform. You can be sad about it, but you, you still did it, and so it just if it, it felt like a very emotionally hollow moment in what they. I think they thought was a very real moment. And I just went, no,
1: no, Mm -hmm. no. It, Uh, it worked for me. Yeah. It also, to me, it also felt like an apology um, Mm -hmm. from the show. So that, that did a lot for me, but I know a lot of people who feel exactly how you do. Um, So I think that, that, you know, I, I wouldn't make that pick, but I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, Now I had trouble with this next category, which is best. Interactivity between like a show, and I I know your pick based on our conversation last week. I think I do at least. Um, I went win owner earth. Because <laughs> I the thing is I wasn't following the interactions, but it seemed like it was a really positive relationship between the showrunners and the the the, the fans with that one. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't have one that really like there was no like Brian Fuller constantly live tweeting, you know, right. Hannibal the, the Hannibal's writing things.
2: room and Fuller aren't around anymore for us to be like, look, this is how you do interact with your yeah. audience, everyone.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. No, like I I struggled with this one too, but then I remembered like. Tyler lee's response to sanders
1: yeah that was really terrific
2: and i mean this isn't a creative team it's one person but like it's so good and like she retweeted like massive amounts of responses including that one really really great story um comic book one well there's the comic book one but there's also there's um a woman dealing... A young woman who was dealing with depression. Her parents not listening to her. And I think that was separate from the comic book one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but both of those stories... And just the way that she... Saw exactly what this meant... And gave these people a voice... While also... like Acknowledging the... Thanks that she was getting as well... For the portrayal and depiction and everything... As an actor. Uh, it's just... It's really, really good. And it was... It gave a lot of voice, and but it also showed like graciousness by giving these people a voice, and I, its just just—it's—it was really good. It was really very, very good.
1: Yeah, no, that's a terrific choice. I thought that didn't Yuri on Ice have a bunch of this or something? Am I misremembering?
2: I mean, there's there's so much. The show itself is basically built for fan art. Okay, <laughs> okay. I think but, I was
1: thinking of like of social media stuff, not necessarily of the creators. So maybe. Yeah, that's what, and that's I don't have an page
2: answer page. for that from a creator standpoint. So. Okay,
1: well, and obviously, I don't think we even need to talk about it. Obviously, the worst interaction is the hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're just gonna move swiftly on. That yeah. doesn't need, like, obviously. Um, now, we have the last two for this category is the la-la-la, a word for show that we don't want spoiled for us. Yes. And then the la-la-la, word for show, the thing that just didn't, didn't happen. It just, yeah. it didn't happen, guys. That's not a thing. I don't, yeah. I don't know what world you live in. Uh, now, for spoilers, uh, shockingly, surprisingly enough, the show that I least wanted to be spoiled on all year <laughs> was American Crime Story. don't spoil me with the past right
2: right (laughs) no because we talked about this is like you knew like very little
1: yeah i knew like the outline of it but i didn't know any of like i was in middle school at the time so i i was not following the particulars of the case and certainly of the personal lives of the people at the time
2: yeah so yeah and this this was something i couldn't come up with like there's not a show right now where i'm just like if i heard something i would be upset about it Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, last year I had The 100, and now that's definitely not the case this year. Yeah. Um, when we did this last year, it was just like, don't tell me anything about The 100, everyone. And this is before Season 3 aired, and now I wish everyone had told me. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I instantly regret that. Um, but, yeah, I don't have anything that I'd go, oh, don't tell me anything. I- I'm okay. Yeah, no. I-, I I don't really buy into spoiler culture that much, so...
1: Fair enough. Well, what about, I mean, I'm assuming we both have, obviously, The 100 and Clexa yeah. for that. I also have The Good Wife, and that slab didn't happen. because that's that, Also, also Kurt never cheated on uh, Diane. Diane. That's not a thing that happened in my brain.
2: No, like, the entire, like, last two episodes of The Good Wife just didn't happen. Oh, no, Geneva Pine carrying on an affair
1: with Peter... Yeah. That's true ridiculous. or not
2: who cares it's not bad
1: and not a thing that happened
2: not a thing that happened no so it's basically i'm pretending the season three of the hundred didn't happen and i'm pretending that the last two three episodes of the good wife just did not happen either
1: yep i think it's a good choice mm-hmm. <laughs> um now we'll take a break and we're down we have two categories left everyone <sighs> stay strong we're refueling i'm i'm, I'm re upping my bubbly here and we'll be right back after this mm-hmm.
0: Edelweiss, Edelweiss Every morning you greet me Small and white, clean and bright You look happy to meet me Some things that happened for the first time seem to be happy got the right to choose it and there ain't no way we'll lose it. This is our life. This is our song. We'll fight the powers that be. Just don't pick
2: our destiny. We're not gonna take it anymore. That's all I know.
1: Now we, we're, in the, we're, co- we're closing out here. We've got two more categories. The first one here is our award for series and season, like this season of TV or this, this show overall. So like overall kind of construction and you know, all of that. So we're going to start out with Noel. What was your pick for, and I had trouble with this one this year, I'll be honest, with a show that had a spectacular slow build. Like it just got better and better and better to the, to the finale. Oh
2: no! This was actually super easy. This was *Halt and Catch Fire* this year. Oh, okay. Um, just the steady escalation and well, escalation, degradation of uh, Carrie, um, Carrie, of Cameron and Donna's relationship, and as friends and as business partners. Just and but then the result being the '90s. S- skip ahead. Um, I thought it was just it all built really, really well. And the show didn't rush anything in particular And I say this as someone who hates time skips now But I felt like Halt and Catch Fire's time skip Served its narrative Better than if we had like Gone through that sequence of events with them uh, So that had just a terrific slow build for me uh, What did you have?
1: Um, I, actually, I, I don't know if this is quite Slow build so much as season structuring Or maybe editing But Great British Baking Show Like Nadia's story through the season
2: is very good
1: Yeah I mean obviously it's reality But the editors know what they're doing too um, When they're putting it all together they, They've seen other episodes besides the one that they're doing When they're, do- when they're pacing it all out And I thought the the way that, that was handled And just the fact of it being reality as well It just ended up being really nicely paced out So way to go Nadia Having your self-actualization and everything In a very convenient way for the editors So I wanted to mention that um, What about a spectacular burnout for you? yeah this
2: was scandal again like scandal man scandal um the first half that aired last year was really great in part because they gave olivia and Fitz everything they wanted and it turned out that everything they wanted sucked um (laughs) at least at least so far as olivia was concerned because olivia had to be first lady and the first lady only has so much power and olivia pope doing tours of the white house at christmas no that is that is not what olivia pope does and so that 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 was all really good and then they shifted gears into an election things got really muddied cyrus is like a vp pick and it's just it's not interesting and they went back to a lot of like the um stuff with eli and yeah it just it didn't it none of it was good basically like it's I'm like, where's Mellie drinking hooch? And then we can talk. <laughs> but until then, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm tapping out right now. Um, but it was just after coming off of a not a good season for them to come back so strong in the beginning of th- their most recent season and then just sputter out. Um, also with a very thinly veiled Trump through Hollis Doyle, um, just none of it really stuck in any really compelling ways so they had a really spectacular burnout this year uh did you have one for this
1: well i i have um i, I we're going to talk about this later so i'll keep it brief here but um did you sure. try becca
2: oh good choice
1: for season two it's like i just cared yeah. less and less about it the longer season two went so yeah Sorry, Angie. I really did love the, especially season one, the like the who's gonna burn themselves, you know, or stun their toe, like was so wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, no, that didn't work, and that was also a not effective season long, like worst season long mystery. This is our next next character. I had that as well as (laughs) Vandal Savage and the Hawks. I don't. I just don't. I don't care. But I didn't really have a good season long, like Stranger Things. Yeah, but it didn't really feel like it was building. It felt like it was a start of season and then. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Did you have anything for this?
2: No, I actually struggled with like finales this year in terms of having something that I felt really resonated, um, and nothing really strong. I could think of like finales I didn't particularly like, like um, the flashes. Like finales um, were were not good.
1: Um, <laughs> it's another fast running dude.
2: <laughs> well, this gets to something a little bit later, but it's just.
1: Th-
2: there just wasn't a finale that I felt like really kind of stuck in a way that made me reevaluate the show or change the way I think about the show. And I think a lot of this also just comes from the fact that so many of the shows were like short run things that I really liked. Um, so like Fleabag or, um, or one Mississippi were fine finale type of episodes, but also like it felt contained Mm -hmm. and, I think because of the serialized nature and continuous nature of television, like I need something serialized that makes me rethink the show in some way, and I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head or like over the course of the past week that went, oh yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Nothing really registered.
1: Well, I not to say
2: that there weren't good finales, but they're like the only thing in terms of best finale payoff, and I think we can kind of agree was mother action hero harriet tubman <laughs> reaching out so her hand
1: amazing. yeah which is why we keep mentioning her even though she had like uh one second of dialogue um doesn't matter doesn't matter we're, we're very excited we're about very that because
2: it happened off screen
1: yeah um i also had here one that i actually i thought worked really well it was um on jane the virgin petra being petrified i thought actually good. it was like that worked out and like the reveal of that having happened already i thought it was really good and it's not a like, all-time great finale, but I actually thought that Lost Girl, for the most part, stuck the landing and the way that it, like, went out was very fitting for the show and, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, like, sometimes uh, mythology-heavy shows, especially when you have questions of cast availability, um, don't always necessarily recapture their strengths in their finale, but I thought that Lost Girl did a good job of that. But, I mean, worst finale payoffs, I mean, like, Good Wife... Obviously, yeah. um, like we're gonna talk more about that, so I'll just leave it there. But also, uh, West—the rest world revealed that the man in black is Jamie Simpson's character. It—I it, mean, it, it was good and all, except that everybody had figured it out forever ago, and they still kind of played it like it was a reveal. Um, it's good that they could; it made sense.
2: Yeah, but also in their defense, like the uh, the season had been in the can how long,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so you can't respond in any way to that. You just have to roll with it but also you just blame the internet and for also creating a show that encourages people to constantly theorize about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh lest we forget by the way heroes are born had its finale this year
2: well it, you you, i i i forgot that heroes are born like aired this year i had, to review, had to review it you had to review it
1: so nothing will make that seared to your memory quite like happy to review it um well what about what was your best new comedy that we didn't talk about last week on the top 20 right this was
2: tough because like i actually liked a bunch of new comedies this year um and so like um like i mentioned two of them right now it's like fleabag and one mississippi even though calling fleabag a comedy is probably One of those weird stretches that we have to make Though I think One Mississippi is very firmly a comedy But um, the other one that I immediately went to Was Sweet Vicious Which again is another Mm -hmm. stretch as a comedy But I love how very wry funny Sweet Vicious is And how angry it is Mm -hmm. And I feel like those two things merge really well To create a kind of a comedic dynamo And so Sweet Vicious I think is like my Probably my favorite new comedy that will most likely be ongoing in an exciting way. Cause I don't think we're going to get any more flea bag, which makes me sad, mm-hmm. but well, but sweet vicious. I really liked, what about you? What stood out to you that we didn't discuss last week?
1: Well, you discussed them, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the good place and people of earth. Um, right. cause I mean, I, I guess I would put the, the good ca- place above people of earth, but people of earth just made me laugh more. And that's sure. the one that I was really able to share with lots of people uh, in my Mm -hmm. family and friends uh, circles that they immediately connected with it. I I think they'll like the good place too. Should I wrangle my family to be in front of a TV, (laughs) make them watch. Um, But um, just for like straight out belly laughs immediately, people of earth for with like, cause um, being able to share again that I had that experience at comic con. And I also, I felt a little validated when I sat down with my dad and we were looking for something to watch and he hadn't heard anything about it. And, Immediately he had the same response to it, um, and my and my sister had the same thing. And like so, what, when I sat down with different people to watch People of Earth um, in the past, you know, however many months, couple months, um, they've all had that same kind of response. So I felt a little bit better about sort of its soft landing after people seeing lots of trailers. But I feel like I feel like it's a show that based on my experience at comic-con if you didn't see anything going into it it worked a lot better than if you'd seen all the promos and then to see that reflected at least in people who i guess are very similar to me because they're my family and friends made me feel not quite so alone but yeah also the good place is terrific um and and the great a great addition to the tv this year only 10 episodes i look forward to seeing what they do next year um and of course top drama that's new drama that's not in a top 20. Uh, Mine is Queen Sugar, but you talked about that a a lot last week. What is your pick for this?
2: Right. I put a bunch of new dramas in my list, so I just went, oh. um,
1: What's left?
2: uh, (laughs) What's left? And so the answer was a drama that I had a lot of fun with, and that was Greenleaf. Was just... As we talked about, it's like a look into—it's a very soapy look into a family and a type of life that isn't really depicted on television, at all. And uh, with really, with really good performances, and it's—it's it's a very good show. It wasn't good enough to crack my top twenty, but I still really enjoyed every week that we had of it this summer. So yeah, yeah it was Greenleaf for sure.
1: What about most improved series?
2: Right. This one actually took me a couple of, like, thought processes to figure out, and then I went, oh, well, I just talked about this last week, and it's Supergirl. Mm -hmm. And them figuring themselves out, like, a little bit towards the end of season one, and then going, oh, no, we don't have CBS standards to deal with anymore? we're going to do immigration storylines on the CW. And I just went, yep, that's, that's,
1: uh, I'm Way to go. Thumbs up, everybody. <laughs> you, thumbs up.
2: So, yeah, that was my most improved. What about you?
1: Oh, I had two. Orphan Black. Okay.
2: Because okay.
1: it, like, it bounced back in a big way by re-embracing all of its strengths this year okay. uh, after the unfortunate... L- so, like, just a scattered... Season mm-hmm. last year, um, and then Gallivant, which I know okay. I like way more than you do, but I like the first season. But I thought the second season structuring of having um tim omenson's uh king richard b like the buddy cop like like, like mm-hmm. pairing with Galavant worked so well this year i thought they really upped their game and and <laughs> let's be honest they shouldn't have gotten a second season in the first place and so when they were like we're definitely not getting a third season so let's just have fun and we're gonna call our <laughs> we we really need to make a category be best episode title because <laughs> a new a whole a new season aka suck it cancellation bear is a really fun title to an episode. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, biggest drop off? Because there are so many contenders. Right. I
2: I, I had three for okay. this. Um. I the hundred. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just gonna keep beating that dead horse. But um, also two shows that we one one show we haven't mentioned at all, and one show you've mentioned in a positive way. But the show we haven't mentioned at all is Unreals, complete and utter collapse in its second season is just like after a stellar obviously flew to way too close to the sun mm-hmm. and its wings all melted off um and we were all very very sad about that and so it just like it was not a good season in any way shape or form and you and i dug into that a, quite a bit over the course of the summer but it was deeply disappointing and just a significant drop and then the other one i had was inside amy schumer which i felt like turned into a really bad season this year and you and I had discussed this a little bit as well, but like Schumer's apparent unawareness of the fact that it became deeply celebrity life focused. And when she like tweeted at Emily um, about her reviews over at the, a- at the uh, AV club and just like, but no, you, you it was your entire season and it wasn't particularly funny or insightful and it was just an excuse for you to hang out again with lin-manuel miranda congratulations
1: so (laughs) we all want to do that i get it but right
2: no we we all want that and i i promise if he comes to hang out with me i will not make you rap on the spot because (laughs) i'm tired of people doing that to him yeah um but those three shows for me just had really significant drops in quality the good wife would be on here if its decline hadn't started before the last season
1: <laughs> well, Yeah I do have a good <laughs> wife Because even for for me even given that It was still rather precipitous But um, I had Inside the Machine And Unreal uh, as well and to try back, which I feel like now I'm being too harsh on it um, yeah because
2: there were much worse there shows. Much,
1: there were much worse shows it just you know my, my after the first season especially binging it so quickly yeah. my ex I was like oh and now it'll make the leap in the second season and then it didn't do that but hopefully it'll do that in the third I also I liked the first season much more than you did so for me Mr. Robot was a big step back um, but I know that you didn't like the first season so I'm not surprised it's not on your list what about shows that are too underrated in your opinion
2: well, I mean, we talked about this last week, but fuck it. What, what, why don't people love Steven Universe, Kate? Why are we the only ones who love Steven Universe? I don't
1: <laughs> understand. We got a we got a list from one of our listeners of, of their favorite sh- of their top shows, and they had they also had Steven Universe at like number fifteen. So they watch it, right. but they're like, eh, fifteen, and that's yeah. I'm am glad that they, at least they watch it. At least they watch it.
2: But, yeah, yeah, so, but no, it's it's deeply underrated and, and this was not my choice for why, seriously, why aren't you watching it Even though it really could have been Yeah, but
1: but I know why I, people aren't watching Steven Universe Right,
2: I know why people aren't watching Steven Universe So that's not really a concern of mine It's just, why aren't you people putting enough emphasis on it When you're making end of year lists mm-hmm. Everyone else but me and Kate <laughs>
1: Yeah um, I also um, had The Grinder
2: Good choice. Yeah, no. no and limitless.
1: That. It's not yeah. easy to do a procedural, people, let alone one that has visual and character creativity the way that Limitless did. Uh, okay. People of Earth and Catastrophe, which it's been a little odd to me to see certain shows break through from Netflix, Netflix not Netflix, but Amazon, and to watch Catastrophe not. Like, I feel like it had like a weekend somewhere in the summer and nobody's talking about it again, and I don't understand why. Did you have any other underrateds, or shall we move swiftly on to overrated? We can
2: move on to overrated, but it was basically me going, I don't really feel like there's anything that felt particularly overrated to me (laughs) in a lot of ways (laughs) this year. (laughs) And you can disagree, that's fine. And it's just, I feel like people turned enough on like the night of towards the end that. I mean even we were both kind of high on that first episode and then like steadily turned on it and I feel like the consensus around Westworld was a little more fractured than I was anticipating even if the praise I think drowned out a lot of the more measured Mo Ryan like this is kind of not good everyone approaches that Mo had and her review of the first four episodes was so spot on but I didn't feel like anything else was like overplayed necessarily, but you can tell me what you're rolling your eyes at me for.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, Sherlock, was... the Abominable Bride one, and oh. Emmy for Best TV Movie. That's some bullshit right there. I didn't watch it, so it was. Ba- and... I was oh man, well, you, you know my understand... thing with Moffitt though.
2: Right, but you also have to understand, like, I quit Sherlock, and I think it's an overrated piece of shit anyway, so... I forgot that that aired this year. Yeah, that aired this year. That was
1: the thing that happened. What about... Okay, so let's move on to more positive things. Seriously, guys, why aren't you watching...
2: Sweet Vicious. Um, Recent, but you you really should be watching Sweet Vicious. Um, It's fantastic. It's really... It, it's new, like, we, you and I haven't had enough time to discuss it, um, which is the reason I'm, like, highlighting it here, whereas I, I don't understand why none of you are watching Queen Sugar either, but, or Underground for that matter, but we talked about those, like, week in and week out, we haven't really discussed Sweet Vicious, and... I think more people should be watching *Sweet and Vicious* and get over the fact that it's on MTV. <laughs> um, if that was your big barrier, was that it's on MTV? That's not really a reason um, because faking it is a thing that existed. Um, so, what about you? What? Why? W- seriously, guys, why aren't you watching
1: *Pitch*? Why did people not watch *Pitch*?
2: Lady pitcher in the MLB? I, I don't know.
1: Like, because mm-hmm. like when I look at my list of my top twenty, my top. 30 my top 50 like the different like was I most of the shows that people don't watch that I really like I know why they don't watch it yeah I think they're wrong but I know why mm-hmm. I don't know why pitch like why was this is us so successful and found an audience but pitch didn't I don't get that
2: I th- I don't want to like justify people not watching it because i'm like four or five behind on pitch and i Mm -hmm. haven't caught up yet but i i like pitch i really i enjoy the performances and what it's doing Mm -hmm. but i think the combination of there's a weird sense of where's the audience for this in that well we have a sports show but it's about a lady pitcher uh but 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 sports but But Lady Pitcher and the weird schizophrenia of finding an audience that is into both of those
1: things. I don't understand intersectionality. Oh, no. Right. Exactly.
2: is from, like, we don't know how to market this, basically, is, I think, what happened to Fox. is like, we don't know what to... We ordered this, really, show that we liked and feeds in nicely to the MLB deal that we have, but we don't know how to market this in any way, shape, or form, whereas we can... They also don't know how to market their comedies So, I mean, Fox is just
1: a dumpster fire Anyway, so Well, there's that Um, The next one is, seriously, why aren't we watching And this is a very personal, why aren't I watching Listeners Next year I will have seen Some Being Mary Jane It's gonna happen Oh, God, yeah,
2: we we really do need to do that, don't we? Yeah
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't make it happen this year in 2016 but it will happen at some point in 2017 do you have one for this
2: yes and this is only because carl keeps telling us to watch it but guys why why are we watching the detectorists kate and i'm i'm just carl i apologize i'm just turning this into a runner i'm like never going to watch it just so we can keep doing this (laughs) um no i promise to watch it at some point but i also just like the fact that We haven't watched it yet. And now I'm just kind of like reveling and not watching it. And the chuckle I get from going, Carl's going to be so upset that this wasn't a DVD shelf this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one here is the Anne Veal Award for her. Um, And this one... I don't have one for this. Yeah.
2: But what's your choice for this?
1: Well, I considered a couple. um, But the one I ended up going with was because... I didn't think we had to have this conversation again, and then I started seeing it pop up on best of the year lists. The night Mm -hmm. of. Guys. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about this. Yeah. (laughs) So that was my Anvil Award. Um, Homework Award show that we still watch... But it feels like homework for me. It's Better Call Saul, because it's beautifully oh, made. It's terrific okay. performances. Michael McKeon particularly really killed it. It's wonderful watching, um, watching this cast grow and watching you know, Odin Kirk really continue to shore up his his comfort as a dramatic actor. But I'm constantly stressed out and worried about these characters, and I don't. I know how it's going to end, and it's not good or happy. So it's too stressful and like i i have trouble being able to see an option where everyone that i care about in the show doesn't end up miserable and their life ruined so it ends up being very very stressful and so i watch it but it feels like like i have to not because i enjoy i I have trouble enjoying all the pleasures of the show because it's a prequel
2: yeah that makes sense but it's it is even to my mind like a really well executed prequel. At this oh point.
1: yeah, no, it's like um, that's why it's not I didn't make my top twenty because right. <laughs> of yeah. the stress I have about it.
2: Sure. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: so I, I kind of combine like Veal and homework this year,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it's it's appropriately enough given it's the lead star, even though it's not named for her, but she was on the show it was named for, and that's Search Party, mm-hmm. um, because people f- love this show. We mentioned this they last really week. Really do. Like, they do and i like it and but i also kind of felt like it was a slog a little bit um sometimes but people really love this show and i just kind of go no i totally see why i understand why i get why i don't disagree i don't i just disagree with the extent to which the why is responding to you <laughs> and it, it's good but her I, I, I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. And I, I, I'm... Parker Posey is not enough to get me back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
1: No, yeah. That's, that's good. Um, the Ringer Award for show you should have given up on, but you kept watching for way too long. Listeners, this year, it <laughs> happened. I finally gave up on S.H.I.E.L.D. And I do not regret it. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, I have not missed it at all. Um, do now... You know if I found myself laid out on the couch With a cold could I see myself Binging like five Six eight episodes in a row Totally and that's okay But I don't, don't miss it at all I should have given up on it a while ago How about you
2: Well I mean it should have given up on So it was past ten so we stuck with it mm-hmm. And so it At just least like,
1: for a while yeah yeah.
2: And like I, I, I made it like a really Clean break with a bunch of stuff this year Um but uh, I really should have given up on Unreal the hundred and Arrow <laughs> much sooner than I did. I yeah. get I gave up on the hundred this year, mm-hmm. uh, not the hundred, but Arrow this year. Like I'm not I after the promo for the the spring premiere or whatever the fuck we call it, it is like uh, I, I'm good, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I don't need to come back to see that Laurel thing play out anymore. And I thought I did. Don't don't. I'm good. I'm good. I'm out. I'm going to cut. I'm going to cut around here. I'm good. So, uh, what about for you? What, what is gone, but not forgotten? What are you going to miss the most? And I feel like I know the answer to this
0: there's
2: so but... many,
1: there's so many. Well, yeah. I've already mentioned a couple of them, Yeah. a bunch, which is grinder and limitless, but, yeah. um, children's hospital went out. It didn't have its best season, but I always enjoyed like knowing that it was there. You know, so I'm going to miss Children's Hospital. Um, Also, The Nightly Show, which was very high on my top 20. Um, It's certainly one that sounds like I'm going to miss a lot more than every other TV critic I know. Um, But I also wanted to specifically mention I Am Kate, which was, of course, the reality show following Caitlyn Jenner on MTV. Uh, I followed the first season much more closely than the second, but that's the kind of show that I really wish we had on the air going into 2017 um and i the, it's the only show i can think of that's like let's be a reality show but let's also be an intellectual conversation between academics about the meaning of gender in our society um and so 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 much more um so yes it had all the trappings of reality and TV reality TV but it also was so much more curious and, and interested and politically uh, active and respectful of different perspectives too to an, enough of an extent <laughs> it was also willing to call bullshit when it was appropriate so um, I think that uh, I- I'm going to miss I Am Kate and it just kind of like I wasn't watching it necessarily every week but it made me feel better to know it was out there so that's, sure. that's certainly what I'm going to miss how about you well I
2: think you have some good choices, and it's weird to me that you didn't mention Rectify.
1: And it felt uh, like the right time.
2: <laughs> it it did, but we're also
1: going to miss it. We I are think. gonna miss it. Yes. Um. So, but yeah. So
2: the. But since like picking highlight type stuff One of the things that immediately sprang to my mind for this In addition to some of the others you named Was uh, Faking It Which I mentioned just a second ago But talk about like intersectionality And scripted And a very modern sex comedy um, Which I think is the best way to describe it It had a not good What turned out to be final season But It's a show that had a very distinct voice That was approached female friendship and free female romance in really interesting ways. Uh, I had an intersex character on the show uh, and how she dealt with that, and it, it was just it was very thoughtful with representation and depiction of sexual orientations and that kind of a, those sorts of those sorts of avenues. And it's I'm really sad that it's not here anymore, and I'm sad that more people didn't watch it and
1: I'm one of those people. At some point next year, DVD <laughs> shelf. Let's, let's make it happen.
2: Okay. Sounds good. I know someone who I should, if I can ever convince her to come on, to do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, it was a very good show. And I feel like it should have gotten more attention.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we're down to our final category, everyone. Um, so we're going to take a break and come back with our final segment. We'll be right back after this.
2: Tossing into the bell.
0: Well, one thing for sure, we'll settle the score. And trust me, it's more than fair. To
2: die, Tell every Lance and boost and court. with the sharks! Oh, this is so
1: fun. We're at the end here, listeners. Maybe th- this might this might this episode might end up split over two weeks. We'll see how it goes. This is way longer than we anticipated. Noel, how you doing over there?
2: Uh, well, as we discussed in between one of our breaks, I actually haven't really eaten anything today. I've had a roll <laughs> of cereal, some cheese so if you and get crackers loopy, and six you know... cookies. I, I'm really regretting not opening that bottle of wine, and it's also like an hour away from my bedtime.
1: Yeah, um, Yep, which is there's that too.
2: Great, um, I'm deeply excited about that. That I've been in my office since 5:30 this morning, and I have Go team! Left.
1: Yeah, but it's worth it because we love television. Yes, that's what we sure. tell ourselves. Yeah, let's
2: <laughs> let's let's do that rationalization. I'm waiting for the terrible twist in which you spring a whole another category on me, Sean Colletti style, and I have nothing prepared. <laughs> Um,
1: (laughs) oh that is it's fun good times memories okay well our (laughs) final category here is our miscellaneous grab bag kind of category so noel what was the best surprise tv surprise for you this year
2: well it was two because both of these shows got like no promotion and it was stranger things and sweet vicious like they just kind of came out of left field especially like stranger things it was just like what the fuck is this show and then everyone went that's what this show is and we were all very very happy last summer and but sweet vicious also kind of came out of nowhere i had heard like little rumblings about it but then i was just surprised by how really good it was but both of those were like just huge tv surprises for me this year uh what about you what what surprised you this year
1: well, those are terrific picks, but for me, I had had people telling me, oh, you gotta watch Stranger Things, you gotta watch Stranger... So, like, right. I-, I couldn't be surprised by it in the same way. Um, But, um, and the same thing with Sweet Vicious, Um, I was very curious about it, so, like, I, like, kind of sought it out in a different way. What I didn't expect was to kind of need Mark Paul Gossler to be in my life every week on pitch.
2: Very good surprise.
1: Very surprised. And the beard and everything, it was terrific. Also, I really was not anticipating... Kinda of needing Top Chef back in my life Like I okay. did not expect to be like I'm so ready for this and then I was mm-hmm. So those are the ones I went with Are they the best of the year? No no. But but they were fun surprises I had yeah. I like uh, you, Now for me the worst Disappointment of the year was all the Shows that were worse this year than last year Which obviously not every show can just Like keep getting better every year And last year was a really terrific year for TV So it's like okay we had a lot of Really great seasons last year and a bunch Of them weren't as good this year however that was probably my worst disappointment a bunch of different shows doing that um did you have one that came to mind
2: yeah well i mean this is a show that i was i basically wrote about its entire run in terms of paid and unpaid tv writing and so the good wife finale and just its final season in general was just like a massive just like this 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 is what i got and i again showrunners don't have an obligation to us but they do have an obligation to turn out good, Something interesting Something that stays true to their show That they had created And th- there just wasn't any consistency In that final season And it was also just not good And so as someone who basically wrote about the show Beginning halfway through season one And then basically up until the finale And going uh, Yeah, that, 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 that Yeah, that, no no, so I'm I'm still kind of like deeply disappointed by The Good Wife, and yeah, so that's that's where I am. That's where I am with that. That was pretty disappointing.
1: Fair enough. Um, I actually struggled with this next best discovery because again, I kept hearing from other people about sure. stuff, so I didn't actually end up discovering a lot of stuff just like myself. Um, mm-hmm. it's not really the intent of the category, but I'm gonna throw some love to uh um China Beach. With oh, this, oh good, um, nice. But um, the the discovery, though, uh, for me was was with, I guess went on herb because I really didn't know what to expect from that one at all, and mm-hmm. I ended up having a lot of fun with it. So that's that's what I went for with that. Did you have a discovery this year?
2: No, like I feel like stranger things was a discovery in and of itself Mm -hmm. like at least for me because again very little promotion and i didn't quite understand what the thing was on netflix's please please get excited about this and i just went it looks it it looks like a stephen king thing and i'm not interested in that and then it was just like oh i am well thank you so that's yeah uh what about your spotlight of shame i feel like the answer to this is pretty obvious i've Um, got four you've got four strongly
1: about all of them
2: well why don't you go ahead because i have i have one on here and it's one that we have we'll share so why don't you go ahead
1: okay well i'm gonna start with i guess uh, okay i'll 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 end with that one but i'm gonna start with daredevil so let's give a nice little
2: spotlight of shame
1: to Daredevil for making all its Asian characters ninjas You should know better It's 20 frickin' 16 Do better, Daredevil Also
2: Well, also, like, let's, let's spotlight a the shame Their literal plot hole
1: Yeah, there's that too That's, <laughs> They shouldn't be happy about that uh, The Good Wife Not only for all the different things we've said But just for the sheer execution Of that final Alicia Kalinda scene There's no reason that shouldn't have been much better. Watch the Morphin Black. You should be ashamed. (sighs) Just on a pure execution level. Also, the people, the producers of the Great British Bake Off, leaving the BBC big old spotlight of shame to you thinking you can do the show without Mel and Sue and Mary you are wrong I am not interested even if you get, manage to get Richard Iwate to be your host as I have heard rumors of which is intriguing but not enough that I will betray <laughs> my loyalty to the real Great British Bake <laughs> off I feel strongly about this we'll see if I am a hypocrite next year um, but my last one of course I'm assuming is also yours yeah, uh, yeah the hundred not and only. all of it all, of, all it. of it everything around it yeah not cool yeah um uh we have breakthrough performances next uh, yeah. uh for me like there are so many like these very uh personality driven and creator driven series like drama comedy half hour shows that could really fill this i went with Issa Rae from insecure
2: Good choice. Um, do you want to, like, expand on why a little bit?
1: Or? Well, I think that the show was so centered around her. Like, yes, mm-hmm. we are following many different characters, but it always comes back to her in a way that even, like, Atlanta maybe doesn't. Um, I feel like the the performance is stronger than maybe what we get with Tig Notaro in Modern Mississippi. I think Modern Mississippi is a terrific, terrific show, but if I'm going to point to, like, Tig Notaro is, is a really, really funny comedian. Um... I, if I was hiring her, I'd hire her to do stand-up I wouldn't necessarily hire her as an actor For me, Issa Rae came through as a creative voice But also as a performer So that's why I ended up going with her
2: Okay, no, I like that choice That's good uh, I went with Simone Missick um, from, oh, Who played good. Misty Knight and Luke Cage Mainly because Especially towards the end of the season And then specifically during her in, Quote-unquote interrogation scene With the uh, retired cop therapist and the candle made and all of that and just going why hasn't this woman really been on my tv before now and the answer is because apparently we don't want her i don't know like it just mm-hmm. i immediately just like stood up took notice like I, I i mean we could have easily just said mike coulter because luke cage is his like breakout performance
1: but in terms we've been of... actively watching him since good wife
2: right exactly it's just like we've been aware of this guy for a little while now and it's just everyone else is aware but i feel like mystic just kind of came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and i can't wait to see her on everything else basically and even within the confines of the marvel tv the marvel netflix tv universe and i i just i need more from i can't wait to see more more from her um
1: what about breakthrough series what did you have for that
2: Right, and I basically just applied this to my most improved and gave it to Supergirl again for like finding its footing and really breaking out in a way that appealed to me in a lot of ways as soon as it moved, shifted over to the CW, which is also where it should have been the entire time. But I appreciated CBS wanting to take a gamble and try to expand, but then also going, eh... Ah. So, yeah, that was my breakthrough series uh, What about you? What broke through for you series-wise?
1: I went with two new ones I went with Fleabag and with Atlanta Okay, good I think good. those are both that made a really strong impression on a lot of people Most mm-hmm. people tend to like them both a little bit more than I did Which, Yeah, I Atlanta. was about to
2: say Yeah, because these are two shows that you were liked, I think Yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, but I think they really—I think they broke through in a in a significant way. I should have mentioned, by the way, I didn't, but I really should have. I meant to in, uh, mention uh, Juneteenth and my best written episodes, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure to do that before we, we finish here. But um, I think the the writing, the writing, and the, the the creative style and voice of both really made a strong impression. Um, uh, and I think like these are both things where I'm very excited to see what comes next whether it's in the second series of these shows or different shows from these creative, uh, like from the writers and performers at the heart of these shows. So um, those are the two that I, I think they're the two that for me made the biggest, got the most attention, made the biggest splash, not just for myself, but just in general. So that's why I went with, with those. I struggled with the next category, which is one that last year was really easy for me. And that's yeah. best overall network. What did you go with?
2: Uh, TBS had a fantastic year this year In terms of massively overhauling its image Uh, Kevin Reilly, who got ousted out of Fox uh, Went over to handle Turner Entertainment Basically, and is in charge of TNT and TBS And TBS was basically just Big Bang Theory And American Dad So, I mean, it was basically a blank canvas And then he decided, here's what we're going to do we're gonna do a bunch of shows and they're all gonna have very unique kind of perspectives and they're all going to be very funny in their own particular ways. And Search Party aside, maybe. But they have all unique perspectives. They're all, they're all aggressively different types of shows for what TBS was previously doing and known for doing. And the other thing I'll say is that even though I don't particularly necessarily like Search Party, but there's a, connection thread between angie tribeca wrecked search party the detour and what's the other one i'm oh people of earth that they're all about trying to find something and trying to connect with other people and i feel like whether or not that was necessarily purposeful or not it came through in their programming development and i think that's Again, if it was by accident, then it's a very happy accident that he had a very unified slate of original comedies coming out all in the same year, Kate. All in the same year. So even though he hasn't been able to turn TNT around, but TNT has a lot more gears that they have to deal with, really. Um, they've been in original programming much longer. Um, but also, TBS had Full Frontal with Samantha B and gave it a second season. So, another reason that it's, like, the best overall network. Like, last year, you're right. It was very easy to go CW. But TBS, for me, was very easy this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's a terrific pick. And I'm just going to yoink it and take sure. it for mine. Because the trouble I had is that all the networks that I immediately thought of also had other shows that I wasn't that hot on or shows yeah. that really kind of weren't that great this year. Um, we talked about the CW last year so much. But Flash hasn't been great. And same with Arrow. And... Not to mention, I'm, I'm not following the Vampire Diaries, the originals, um, and, and Rain, and many of the other shows. Um, so, you know, thinking about FX, they, don't forget they also had another season of Tyrant this year. So they had plenty of shows that I wasn't watching either. And uh, Sex so- and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Well, you know, we all need some Dennis Leary in our lives sometimes. Or we don't. Um, but um, I, I, I'm going to steal that because I like TBS. I think it's a good, a good choice. And certainly as far as um, most exciting new network, I'm very interested to see what they have coming up next. Um, now, here we, next we have... It, it should have worked. There's no reason it shouldn't have been at least better. And I have a few of these. First of Great. all, The Night Of should have been better. Should've been better than it was. Also, the Shannara Chronicles. Don't get Manu Bennett and then sideline him when he's so much better than the rest of your cast. What are you doing? Go watch Spartacus. You can only come back when you understand the awesomeness in your cast that you are wasting. Finally, Hamilton's America PBS. There's no reason that shouldn't have been much, much, much better than it was. Now, I still enjoyed it because I'm a ridiculous Hamilton Hamilton stan, but, but that should have been better than it was. Um, now, as far as it shouldn't have worked, and yet it did, I'm curious what you have.
2: Well, I mean, we discussed this last week, and it was the most obvious choice, which uh, I was feeling lazy, but it's American Crime Story People versus O.J. Simpson. Like, I don't... We all went, no Why? This is going to be bad And then we all went, oh (laughs) Wrong, (laughs) wrong, so very wrong (laughs) And so that, it's like on paper, on premise, on press Even after like casting was announced It was just like, no, this this shouldn't have worked And we didn't think it was going to work And we were wrong about that What about you? What shouldn't have worked for you but did?
1: Um, The Match Game and $100,000 <laughs> Pyramid Well,
2: I can agree with you for Match Game I don't think $100,000 Pyramid ever really took off But Match Game is a terrific choice
1: Also, Wrecked Should not have worked But <laughs> I ended up really liking it yeah. And Supergirl should not have been able to withstand losing Cat Grant But yeah. they did So mm-hmm. tip of the hat to them Um, Now we have our <laughs> It's not me, it's you Award for things that are going on our Dunzo list and I'm curious if we're gonna have any overlap on this Uh, what's the trope that is now officially as far as you're concerned Dunzo? You don't want to see it ever again.
2: Well, I mean It feels disingenuous to say barrier gaze because this is something that's been going on for years and now we're just like, oh it's, It needs to stop Uh, but yeah. it happened so much this year that yeah. it, it was high profile enough that there were actual like reports about it and i feel maybe like
1: maybe it'll get better it's sort right. of like i picked it too i picked that too
2: right and i i mean i have another one but like it just it, it i'm done with it i just i don't want it to happen anymore and if it happens i need a reason for it to have happened within the context of the narrative and it's enough
1: of a reason for me to break up with a show now and it should have been earlier but it wasn't and that's on me yes but now after this year i feel like at this point like it was interesting listening to Javi Griemar's watch talk about like how he didn't know this was a thing. And some other writers were like, oh, that's a thing? It's like, uh, yeah, it really, really is. And that's from a straight girl who's watching TV. I've noticed it, let alone your target audience and, and the people who are most affected by this. So if we've noticed it, you should have too. At this point, I feel like the, the excuse of not knowing about it. Is really really gone And that's due to the fantastic work Of the fan base like The Clexa fans but also the other fans uh, Really raising awareness on this issue um, There's, As far as I can see there, There's no excuse There wasn't before but there's really not now
2: Yeah no, it, it became so high profile that there's not a reason now And similar to like their, This weird sort of oh, Gosh I think it was in THR or Variety I forget which but this whole well, what does a show look like in a Trump America? And I, and I just went, well, television doesn't respond quickly enough for, Necessarily respond quickly enough on a scripted level For that question to totally make sense But also, let's what, is your, what does your television look like in a post-Klexa America, basically?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And even though this is a, a comparatively small show on a network Where people don't even remember that it's a broadcast network But, the again, the amount of work that was done that targeted very high-profile television writers. I mean, like, Javier's been around.
1: Yeah, a long time. A long
2: time! And so there's, there's literally, like, people should be aware of it now. And, I mean, to the extent where, and I mentioned this when we talked about it with Mo, when she came on, it's just like, when a trade publication is highlighting this to the extent that she did, including like two very long, thoughtful right, pieces about it, you—it's in a trade publication. You—you you don't get to be ignorant of it anymore, basically. If it's in a yeah. trade publication, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. Did you have a second one for a trope? I did
2: have a second one, and it's like vaguely related to Klexa. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm tired of accidental murders.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm done with them. Like, I mean, Clex is, I'm oh, sorry. Lex is very much like an accidental murder, but I'm also thinking like search party's accidental murder at the end of the season with Ron Livingston. Sorry, spoiler alert, but also <laughs> like the accidental murder that kicks off sweet vicious. I just spent like a couple of minutes extolling sweet vicious, but it needs a accidental murder to bring the two girls together. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm tired of accidental murders I got tired of them on Bates Motel too Which is the big reason I kind of stopped watching the show And I just I, I, I don't need any more accidental murders As like story engines it, uh, No Because it, it, it's just Oops, I killed someone What are we going to do about it? And it's also kind of like the reason I gave up On how to get away with murder Because there were a number of other accidental murders On how to get away with murder which seems appropriate for the show but i'm also just tired of it and so that was the other one that stood out to me i'm interested in hearing your other uh dunzos
1: though um i'm really happy to be broken up with the walking dead i don't miss it i'm sure that there's some really this good performance this is a moments, series but... though <laughs> yeah that's for series that's oh, okay. next, the next thing oh i thought you had another trope oh no 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 oh. for me Barry, your gaze was like so like i didn't have another okay one. Um, but yeah, no, Walking Dead is, I'm, I don't miss it, and I'm very contentedly putting it on my Denzel list. How about you?
2: Yeah, no, I'm, like I said, I'm done with Arrow, like, I'm wiping my hands of it, I don't have to keep up with it for, like, professional paid reasons, I'm not being paid to watch it anymore, or, well, write about it, and then watch it, and then write about it, but I'm, am I don't have to watch it anymore, so I'm not going to, um, and even though you kept telling me i didn't have to keep watching mr robot i still did it but i'm not doing that again next year kate i'm not yeah
0: Good. um it's
2: not happening so um i'm done with both of those like hands hands cleaned i might come back for unreal i don't know but um, yeah yeah we'll see Let's
1: see the the other one i have for this is extra long episodes i'm done with you
2: uh, like how are you defining extra long episodes because i'm done with those two but Define those for me in a, like, in a Netflix-era type of extra-long episode, because, like, frame of reference, like, I, when I watch the C- Sense8 premiere, it's only 60 minutes, but it feels so much longer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... To be honest, I'm fair. I'm fine with the Sense8 premiere personally, but I get I I hear what you're saying, but it just for me it wasn't a problem. But um, extra long episodes to me means a show is regularly a particular time span, sure. and then they do an extra long one. Okay. And I'm looking at you directly, The Walking Dead. No, that's a big part of what broke me on the series and um, Mr. Robot. Yeah, all these different. It's just it almost always is incredibly self indulgent and not necessary. Um, if you earn it, then I will not complain. But almost never happens. Uh, another example, of course, this is from a few years back, but Arrested Development making the leap to Netflix, and all of a sudden, all the episodes are too long. The editing is way too flabby, and you don't you lose the energy and the comedic punch of the of of the really tight comedy of what the show had been. Um, because they can, so why not? Um, we can, so why not? Is not a good enough reason. So, uh, yeah, if you're gonna expect me to watch a double premiere, if you're gonna expect me to watch a ninety-minute episode of a usually sixty-minute show, you better damn well earn that because you're starting out in the negative category with me.
2: I I think that makes sense. Like, I I, I, I it's one of those things that I run into with like Netflix's like variable runtimes, uh, which seems much more abused by um, the dramas than it necessarily does their comedies because their comedies like we'll run up to 30 and I'm like that's fine it's a one act play you're good I'm okay mm-hmm. with that but like they just get kind of washy sometimes with their hour longs hour longs
0: yeah. air, yeah. air
2: quotes but yeah I can feel you on that luckily like I never watch a bunch of shows like I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy because I never got into that but that's the show that just went oh we can do this and we all collectively went no no you cannot please, stop please
1: <laughs> why aren't you stopping yeah
2: literally yeah. why aren't you stopping <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you have another for this or should we move on to our next category no we can
2: move on to the next category
1: Um, Now I had a LifeVest award for a single element of a show Buoying it and really helping it fly And for me that was Alec Baldwin hosting the match game Though I didn't consider (gasps) the drunk celebrities Which you referenced earlier I think that was a great pick So maybe he's not the best pick for that But for the Anchor He is
2: really good though
1: He's very good. Um, For the Anchor Award of Single Element, really weighing down a show for most of the season, the white people on Underground, specifically Mark Lucas and Jessica Degau. But also, I wanted to mention, like, by the end of the season, they had rectified that. The show had had really improved on that. But um, Luke Cage... uh, Oh, sorry. uh, Luke Cage, Diamondback. Uh, I'm not even going to blame the actor for that one. That's just writing. And then also... Again, I don't blame the actor, but Ryan on Halt and Catch Fire. You know, you should have done better show. Yeah. Did you have any for these?
2: Yeah, I have one for this and we kind of already referenced it, but it's like it's killing me. It's killing me, Kate. I can't do another goddamn speedster villain on the flash.
0: Like <laughs> That's it's a perfect
1: pick. It's so it's,
2: it's destroying the show. Like, it's destroying the show. And it's just I I don't know why Savitar looks like Ultron meets Megatron meets Sauron, but it's it I, I don't care that he can run so fast that only people tapped into the speed force can see him. It's not interesting, like it, it's there's nothing to it. It's just like, oh, Barry just needs to run faster. No. No. I don't care that he needs to run faster and
1: You've done this.
2: Well, I acknowledge the fact that they're kinda changing it up with like a time travel Concern, but it's time travel through running really fast. <laughs> so yep. I, I understand that this is also a limitation of the Flash in terms of, well, if he runs fast enough, he can solve every problem. But then I just go, but guys, the Rogues are a thing that exists in the Flash comic books, and they're all amazing. <laughs> but we're just going to do a boring Mirror Master and a boring top And shuttle our two other really good villains Off to Legends of Tomorrow And it's just like oh okay So yeah No speedster villains are just weighing down The Flash and god Forbid they do another I don't think there's another Speedster that they can do in season 4 Unless they make
1: one up Yeah don't give them ideas Noel. We don't oh, No
2: Oh no no don't <laughs> listen to me Andrew Kreisberg don't listen to me
1: our final category for the Marcus Borgie Is shows that we want to see Make the leap next year Find a new level Find a new uh, a, a new plateau And the shows that we think are capable of that I've got three here um, One is probably not going to exist Next year but if it does It'd be nice if Pitch could do it Pitch um, is
2: not going to exist next
1: it's year It's not going to exist next year But you know it's not officially cancelled um The Get Down, I think it had a lot of really terrific stuff in the in the first half of the first season and I think there's a whole another level they could get to. I don't know if they will, but that would be really neat to see. And the last one I have, I don't think it's on yours because I don't think you would classify it as as needing the level, but I think there's another level for for Queen Sugar. And I'd really like to see what that is. Um it's already terrific, but I think that I think if they get everything just lined up correctly, it could even sing even further. Um did you have pick for this i did
2: and it's a show that we didn't even really discuss all year um and that was into the badlands which was amc's martial arts series um which is something that had a lot of really nice elements including its uh cinematography set design and of course its fight choreography but the reason why i kept forgetting about it was that its narrative was just really shitty and it It just didn't have a great storyline And it's chosen one stuff Wasn't very good or well defined And it had, again, a number of Really nice performances around it But It just never cohered into anything That I was like Yeah, this is good And I just kept going Yeah, this could be a lot better (laughs) And so That's That's a show that has its second season Sometime this year and I really wanted to, like, step up a lot. And it's not going to be, it won't break my heart if it doesn't. Because I'm not, like, deeply invested in it. But the thing is, is I would like to be deeply invested in it. And I want a reason to be. And so that's where I wanted to make, like, a big kung fu martial arts leap forward and really make me interested. Beyond some really nice, some really interesting little performances.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really interesting pick And there's certainly been some really I I watched that first season And and you're right There There is a whole other plane for that one If they If, if they, they want to go it. there, yeah If they want to do it, they they certainly could That's a, that's a really interesting pick um, Well, that wraps up Our oh. smorgasbord G
2: <laughs> Sorry that, that Send I an just IV to left... Noel,
1: he needs fluids I haven't left
2: my office since 5.30 this morning And it's, what time is it? It's 8 o'clock, and I, my bedtime is like
1: 8.30. Yeah, it's a whole thing, <laughs> uh, listeners. And it's 10 um, o'clock where you are, right? Yeah. Am I mathing a, right? Okay, No, uh, it's we've been It's been a, been it's been a long, long
0: record.
1: <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun as well. Um, a few show notes here at the end. You can find a post for this episode at theteleverse.org, where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the Year's TV. You can also email theteleverse at gmail.com. You can find a post at uh, – there will be a post up at – the Facebook page, we can leave a comment, let us know what you thought of Year's TV. You can also find us on iTunes with an M4A chapter feed, and MP3 unchaptered feed, and of course we're both on Twitter. I'm at the Televerse. Noel, you are? At Noel R. K., Though <laughs> and... I may not be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for sticking with us this year. Thank you for for sticking with us through uh, a lengthy uh, at this point two week celebration uh, three week celebration of the best in, in 2016 it's been a lot of fun um, so we will be back next week No once again no <laughs> if I haven't broken Noel <laughs> Emily will next... be back
2: next week Noel's taking a week off
1: <laughs> no <laughs> thank Noel's not you everyone for off. listening and we'll be back next with another episode of the Televerse. <laughs> i have wings
0: like no one's done i
2: fly up the river
1: to the